Looks like we got an audio glitch. Do you hear me? I can hear you just fine. It's weird. Like right at the end there, I don't know if you were playing with something, but I could hear the music and then it was gone again. Right okay. right as the song was getting to the end bit. Okay, well, I was playing weird. with something and that's why you heard it. Can you hear it this time? Hang on. Can you hear this? They turn the friggin' frogs gay! Yeah, I can hear that. Okay. So you didn't hear the sounds earlier when I played them either. I didn't know you were playing sounds earlier. Oh, okay. That explains it. Yep. Um, Discord decided to change my settings on me. All right. Ah. Let's get this show on the road. <clears throat> well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you happen to be hiding out there on the globe today. Coming to you direct from the oasis deep in the heart of the Cowichan Valley. It's episode 71 of the Rogue's Tavern, Tavern Talk. And this week, we have heard of strange fires and planes crashing into food processing centers. It seems something is amiss in the world, and there is a great conspiracy to bring down our food supply chains. You might want to think about that in your steps to be prepared for anything. These last two years have shown us that governments absolutely do not care about us. Not in the least. They don't care about me, you, or anybody. From what they have shown, they would prefer that all us poor saps simply stay at home and starve. After all, China's doing that now with their insanity. Thing out of which with China, have you noticed one unusual thing about China and all its insanity? All the videos coming out? It's all kind of odd to me, so you'll have okay. to be more specific. Well, all the videos coming out of China and all these Shanghai, they're doing this to these people, they're locking these people in, they've got all this. All the videos are very well done, and they come from the per point of view of the people doing the evil, which is kind of an oh. odd. I don't think anyone's actually thought about these videos and who's filming them and why. No, because I don't they, think anyone has thought about be, that. Because, because they keep talking time. about these videos. They And as I look at them, I'm looking, that's like from the perspective of behind the cops and the cops doing all the problems. Well, who's doing the filming? Yeah, they don't exactly have free media. They, yeah, they don't have exactly free media like we do. They don't have rogues of media people doing all the filming. So, And that would be very controlled. It's like, why are they setting out these specifically controlled videos? Anyway, I thought that was interesting. It's just the video, the, the videos all look so scripted. The footage seems so scripted. But on the mm -hmm. whole, I suggest that you grab a drink and... Come on in, out of the dark. Settle down by the fire. Have a drink and fall down some rabbit holes with us. As we start out with a big bass rabbit hole in the beginning. All right. Before we go too much further, though, we must have our weekly reading. What is the show without a good weekly reading from the Bible? And this week, since it's coming to you from the Oasis, we have the 1955 edition of the King James Version Bible, which, you know, there's minor differences between this and my 1973 edition. Mm -hmm. Not too much, but every once in a while, a word or two is different. At any rate, this week, I'm not sure where I got this from, but I don't think I've ever read from this uh, book. We're going to read from Zechariah, chapter oh, 4, cool. verse 1 to 14. Don't eat the mic. Okay, I won't eat the mic. 
Sorry, the cat. He started chewing on my mic, and he's okay. he's giving me loves, but he's also being very bitey. Oh, okay, well, <laughs> if he bites too hard, it'll electrocute him. All right, Zechariah <laughs> chapter 4, verse 1 to 14. <clears throat> and the angel that talked with me came again and waked me as a man that is wakened out of his sleep. And he said unto me, What seest thou? And I said, I have looked and beheld a candlestick all of gold, and a bowl upon the top of it, and his seven lamps therein, seven pipes to the seven lamps which are upon the top thereof, and two olive trees by it, one upon the right side of the bowl, and the other on the left side thereof. So I answered and spake to the angel that talked with me, saying, What are these, my lord? Then the angel that talked with me answered and said unto me, Knowest thou not what these be? And I said, No, my lord. And he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Who art thou, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? Thou shalt become a plain, and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings, crying, Grace, grace unto it. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. His hand shall also finish it, and thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts have sent me unto you. For who hath despised the day of small things? For they shall rejoice, and shall see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel. With those seven, they are the eyes of the Lord, which run to and throw and, and fro throughout the whole earth. Then answered I, and said unto him, What are these two olive trees upon the right side of the candlestick, and, on, and upon the left side thereof? And I answered again, and said unto him, What be these two olive branches, which through the two golden pipes empty the golden oil out of themselves? And he answered me and said, Knowest thou not what these be? And I said, No, my Lord. Then he said, These are the two anointed ones that stand by the Lord of the whole earth. There you go. That doesn't even actually make any sense whatsoever to me. Not really. What was that word? Zerubbabel? Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel. He's a personage from the Bible. I, I know the name. I know I'm not pronouncing it correctly. It's Z-E-R-U-B-B-A-B-E-L. It's -E -E huh. Babel. Zerub Babel. Zerub Babel. Zerub Babel. Zerub Babel. Zerub. I don't know. But that that <laughs> actually that. That's what I get for not reading the chapters, man. Sometimes they just sometimes they just actually make no sense whatsoever. <laughs> But that's not a big overly concern here. Sometimes they're really poignant. But tonight, I guess that's the, the theme of tonight's show. It's not going to make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> On that, not making sense, let's go with this cool thing. If you got chickens, here's something cool for you. Get these for your chickens. Little tiny T-Rex arms. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> 
That's awesome. You can you can order these little <laughs> tiny T-Rex arms. It's a little collar. It fits on your chicken, goes under his feathers, and it looks like he has little T-Rex arms. You got to get that for your chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Just let him loose in your backyard for for uh, for a couple of days and invite some people over and warn them about the about the mini T-Rexes. I got mini T-Rexes in the backyard. <laughs> I just thought that was so cool. So, you know, I don't I, I don't have a special video, but I've got a couple of random fun facts. <clears throat> you know, that one there was kind of cute. All right, this other one here. It's a tree everyone roots for. It's a uh, Washington's tree of life, which clings to survival against all odds. There you go. It's a really oh, cool wow. picture. It's hanging on. It's hanging on by its roots on the edge. The the underside <laughs> is washed out. There's a waterfall behind it, so it's basically just hanging on by its fingertips. Wow. Its fingertips and toe tips are what's holding it alive and keeping it upright. That's kind That's of impressive. It's kind of impressive when you see a tree like that. So, I just thought that was yeah. kind of cool. Reminds you that you can do anything just by the skin of your teeth. Yep, pretty much. Nature has a way of giving us some poignant stuff from time to time. It's really kind of cool. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's get rolling and rocking and all that other good stuff into our gardening, urban farming, and all kinds of other wonderful stuff. First off, we've got 15 vegetable seeds you need to sow outside before the last spring frost. Or you can sow out. You don't need to sow them before the last spring frost. But if you're in a hurry to get your garden planted, these are 15 seeds that you can direct sow before your last spring frost. Usually no more than two or three weeks. You know, unless you're in a deep south, you know, you can start them in January. But most places you can start them in, in late February to late April, depending on where you live. Like our last frost here is another week and a half away. And I still haven't gotten these seeds in the ground. I've been so busy with other things. I just haven't been out to put the seeds in the ground. Been meaning to. Although I do have onion sets in the ground, but I plant my onions in uh, October, November. And let them overwinter. So... Another one here is lettuce. You can start your lettuce now and uh, get that going. You can start kohlrabi. Kohlrabi is what that is. Kohlrabi. What is kohlrabi? It is a vegetable that I've never, ever prepared or eaten. I've seen it in a grocery store, and it's not cheap. It's an expensive veggie huh. in a grocery store. I hear it's pretty tasty. What part, what part of that do you use? The center. You peel it and eat the center. Oh, uh, imagine it's like a beet. It's it's a cabbage, like a cabbage or a turnip. It says cabbage turnip in German tongue. Oh, okay. It's got edible green leaves above and crispy, juicy, and mildly sweet bulb below. So oh, okay. It's part of the brassica family, which makes it part of uh, um, cabbages, um, broccoli, cauliflower, all of those. Parsnips. I'm going to be planting parsnips this year. Parsnips are like a big giant carrot, carrot, carrot turnip, and they're supposed to be pretty tasty. But they're really good in soups and stews and stuff, and they and they store really well in the winter. Parsnips are actually really good. Kale. I'm gonna see if I can grow myself another six foot kale plant this year. <laughs> I've already got my kale plant. Uh, 
No, I've got my I got my kale starts. I got to get the kale in the ground now. I got to move it from starts to in the ground because I, I I start kale seeds in like February. Radishes. See if I can actually grow them this year. I've had some really unusual luck with radishes last last year. Couldn't seem to grow them to save my life. Much like carrots. Mm -hmm. know, you know, spinach. I got to get some spinach in the ground. You know, arugula. I like arugula. It's really tasty in salads. Mustard. Mustard greens are one of my faves. Beets. I do like beets. It's a fair warning on beets. If you eat a lot of them and you suddenly pee red, you're not bleeding. <laughs> Just remember that. I, may, I, I forgot that beets do that to you. And a couple, three years ago, maybe it was four or five years ago, we had a dinner and I was really, for some reason, I was craving beets and we made a whole pile of beets and I sat there and ate a big pile of them. And next day I started peeing red and I was like, well, is there something wrong? And I was like, oh yeah, I ate beets. <laughs> beets will turn your that, urine red. Another good thing to know about beets, they stain everything. It's not blood everywhere. It's just beets. Yeah, that's why it makes good diet. It does. I, I I was making beets, and I guess some beet juice dribbled down. Mm -hmm. And when I went to go move my cutting board to clean it, mm -hmm. I thought it was dry blood, like a big puddle of dry blood. And I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. Who sliced off their finger? No, no, it was just beet juice. Beet juice. Swiss chard. <laughs> Swiss chard's very tasty. Broccoli. I've got my broccoli, cauliflower, and cabbages in the ground already. I started the seeds in like January. Carrots. Yeah, me and carrots, we're not getting along. All that little really special, the, the special care I took to do the carrots like a few weeks ago when everything was fine. I even, I even pre-soaked them and mixed them in this goo stuff to try and get them more evenly. They still haven't come up three weeks later. Really? They still haven't come out oh, three weeks later. It's like you're just having bad luck with carrots. Yeah, it's like it's, it, at least one or two should show up, but they're they're just not. I, I I'm beginning to think I'll never be able to grow carrots. <laughs> I keep trying, but peas. My peas have already been in the ground. They've already they're already growing up. They're doing quite well. I like peas. Turnips. I like turnips too. I got to get those in the ground still. So there's the list, folks. All right, next item we got here for you. Zucchini and squash growing mistakes. For those of you that grow zucchini and squash and wonder why it's not working, you wanna read this article over. It gives you all the tips and tricks about the wrong varieties you might be choosing, you know, temperatures, where you're growing it, sun, seeds, you know, how to sow them too early, too late, all this other stuff. So read this article over. It's a really good article on making sure that your zucchinis are going to do well. I have very few problems with zucchinis. Biggest problem I have with them is if they're not big enough or I don't protect them, the snails or something come in and eat the damn things on me. <clears throat> now, this next article is one that I have found useful because it's something I've been dealing with and I hadn't quite figured out how to deal with it properly in the greenhouse. And that's how to prevent your leggy or long and floppy seedlings when you start your plants that's from seeds. Toilet paper rolls? Nope. 
is lots of things that happen. Um, not enough light, or in my case, what I discovered is I use heat pads to get my seeds started. But problem is I was leaving too much, I was leaving them on the heat pads too long. And that extra heat ah. in the soil encourages them to grow faster, even though there's not enough sunlight for them to grow too. Or even with the oh. grow lights I had above it, it wasn't quite enough grow light to do that. So they were growing too fast, growing too tall. And so I've actually started experimenting with not with taking them off there. Because as I read through this article, as it describes, you know, you need certain temperatures to get the seeds to germinate. But once they're germinated, you don't need that high of a temperatures to keep them growing. Okay. So I, I've been doing it wrong, which I expect, you know, I, I'm going to do a lot of shit wrong for every single year I grow every single year I grow shit because you're never going to get it all right you're going to get better and better and learn more and more tricks but eventually something's going to pop up and say I don't know why it's doing this I've never seen this before and you got to research and read and that's why gardeners like the internet so much because there's so much information there but previous to that gardeners had books and books and books and books and books of all the people that have had the problems and maybe some books too what's that and maybe some books too. Mm -hmm. All right. 10 tips for building a pollinator gardener. Yeah, this is a, this is a garden that's specifically planted and designed to be a pollination garden. So it's got a list of, of the different plants you can use. And they talk about like, um, they, they give some good tips, like, you know, choose a native plant. Don't use chemicals if you can help but give give chance the grass to thrive alone and use a handmade model for a grass cutter instead of a gas powered one okay why would oh. a, why would a hand mower work better than a gas powered one? Oh, because the exhaust from the gas powered um, lawnmower ends up blowing the ga the gas exhaust right into the grass as you're going because where does the exhaust point and where does it go it points down and it goes right into the ground so you are essentially covering these lines or making these lines of exhaust over top of the grass which any flowers <coughs> that come up that can affect the pollinators that you're trying to attract well, i'll tell you what when somebody comes out and uses a hand mower to mow what little grass i have i'll switch but until then i'm using gas I like I, the hand. Uh, I had the, the hand mower. I things. had to do I that. I looked into a, trying to buy one, but they're really expensive now. Yeah, you got to find a used one somewhere. I had to use one as a kid. Ah, you hate them because of that. And it was never fun. And if you didn't <laughs> mow the grass every three days, yeah, you couldn't do it. And plus, plus, you had to get in there and sharpen them at least once a month. You had to sharpen yep. the blades once a month to keep it so that they would actually cut the grass and not rip it. So they were a lot. Actually, of, they were a lot of work. I actually enjoyed using them, and I love. I, I like the the caretaking process, but mm. I only had like six months of mm. having to do mm -hmm. the the hand pushing ones. So yeah. that's probably why it was short experience for me. Yeah, well, I lived in warm places where the grass grew all year round. Ah, that would suck. Yes, had to be mowed all the time. There wasn't you <laughs> did you didn't get winters off, and the grass stopped growing. It kept growing in the winter. Go easy on chemicals. Yeah, that's always important. Use use no chemicals if you can. If you've got to, make sure they're organic pesticides. You know, but uh, best bet is to use no chemicals at all. 
That's really hard also, to do. Also mixing companion plants like yep. dill, basil, mm-hmm. things that'll help to keep away the pests, but draw, in, but also draw in the the pollinators. Marigolds. Yeah. Yeah, the birds love me. I feed the birds, so they come into me all the time. I actually have a blue jay Hi. hanging around the oasis right now. Cool. So I've seen them a couple of times. So we'll see what happens. Got all kinds of strange birds. I haven't seen I haven't seen the uh, the uh, uh, golden green finches yet, though. The no. First time I saw them, I thought somebody's canary had escaped. <laughs> Seriously, they look like canaries. They really do. They really, really do. Like I, I'd never seen birds that brightly colored here on this island until I was in that backyard. Yeah, neither, neither. The first time, yeah, first time I saw it was like, this one of our neighbors' canaries escaped. He's over here eating the food. Well, at least he's getting fed. <laughs> and then I saw somebody else post them on Facebook. And I thought, wait a minute, that's the exact same bird I saw. Couldn't be the same one because they were in another part of uh, the valley here. It's like okay, and and it's like they're called goldfinches. And uh, but they're they come in gold and green, from what I've seen. Which is really cool. Yeah, they're kind of cool. They're a really cool bird. Reduce, reuse, and recycle. Yes, use your compost bins. Compost it all. <laughs> Biodegradable pots. Yes. Give grass a chance to thrive alone. Yeah. I want meaning grass to like die. when I read through this, uh, it, they're talking not just about like. Don't don't mow it too short and stuff. They're also talking about letting the weeds take over mm-hmm. and let the grass fix itself. Well, yeah. Many people won't do that. that they'll, they'll rip those weeds up and wonder why they're triple the number of them the next year. Yeah. And like if, if you just spend a couple of years, like for us it would be a couple of years because we have the winter. But leave your grass alone for a couple of years and it, you'll end up getting a beautiful meadow-style grass. Yeah. Yeah, it will happen. I know a few people I've talked to that don't believe me, but okay. It's like I watched a <laughs> video one time of uh, these guys who bought themselves an orchard. And the paths in between the trees, which were grass. But when they bought the orchard, it wasn't grass. It was mostly dandelions. And I guess the previous mm-hmm. owners had tried to control them one ways. But he'd read somewhere about, you know, dandelions are there to fix soil. That's their main job. Their job is to fix and repair soil. And they will grow as long as the soil doesn't have the proper nutrients. And so what he decided to do was just leave them alone. Just let them be. And after five years, it slowly switched over from dandelions to only an occasional dandelion. And it was just all grass. Because dandelions reach down deep into the subsoil with their super long taproot and pull nutrients up from down there that's needed at the top. Mm-hmm. So... You can do it. You just have to let it be, and it'll 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 happen. But most people be won't. patient. You have to be patient. You also can't cut the dandelions. You gotta let them bloom. Yeah, it sucks when the critters get in there and start digging them all up, though, because then you have a bunch of holes in your yard. <laughs> yeah, that's a real pain in the neck. So yeah, I, I managed to convince my last landlords to let me try it the natural way. Just leave it alone. And mm-hmm. give it a couple years, and the grass will end up fixing itself to convince them. And then the raccoons came and dug well, up the yard to eat they, the dandelions. They, they dug up the yard to eat the dandelions. Well, that's one way to get your dandelions ripped out of your yard. Just wait for the raccoons to come uh, weed it for you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of cool. 
All right. Planting, growing, and harvesting broccoli. What do you have to say about this? So this is uh, what they talk about here is how it's a cool season veggie. So planting in early to mid spring is the best is the best idea. Mm -hmm. The article will go through and explains how to take care of broccoli from seedling to harvesting. It's it's pretty good article yeah. for learning how to take care of it. And it takes you through the various steps and gives you some pictures so you can see what's supposed to look like at the at the different stages. And I've yeah. actually managed so, to successfully grow broccoli. Pardon me. I said I've managed to successfully grow broccoli a couple of times. Which is awesome. I like broccoli, but I don't... I only like broccoli when it's, like, added into soups and stuff. It adds a wonderful flavor, I find, but broccoli itself, I don't like it alone. Yeah. I don't know. I like broccoli. I like it fresh and use it for use it for dipping. Oh, maybe my problem is I've only ever had store-bought because I haven't tried your broccoli. Well... Even store-bought, I like it fresh. It's still not bad, store-bought. Hmm. I didn't really like cabbage and, or, or radishes much until I tried them from your garden. So. Well, there's a difference between locally fresh grown in your garden and store-bought. But I do like broccoli, even fresh, from, even fresh from the grocery store. It does take a while for it to grow. The one really cool thing that a lot of people don't realize about broccoli is once you grow it and you get your main head, the big giant head, if you snip that off but leave the rest of the plant, it will produce a whole bunch of baby broccolis afterwards. Oh, cool. That you can pluck for the next the next couple of months. You can pluck all these little baby ones. So you can continue to eat broccoli even after you've taken the main florette. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. Because I'd read about that and when I was first time I was growing broccoli and then I snipped ahead and I would let it, wait it and say, sure enough, you got all these little baby ones. And the broccoli leaves themselves are edible. Are they? Oh yeah, they're they're like a they're like a green. You can fry them, slice them, boil them, however you like your different types of greens. They're all edible. The whole everything in the upper plant is edible. Ooh. So you get a lot of nutrition out of broccoli. All right. Seven random garden things. No, we got random garden things, not seven random, but random garden things. <laughs> seven reasons to use bone meal fertilizer in the garden. Use it when you're transplanting a tree. Helps the roots work better. Hello. Did I lose you? You must have. I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you either. I was gonna say, how does it how does it help? Like, does it get just give it new? It gives more us some nutrition. Or? I'm not I'm not certain how it works. I just know it does. I haven't dug into why okay. it works. But bone meal, of course, is powder from animal bones. You can make your own bone meal. All those bones you save from ribs and you know steak bones or you know or ham bones or whatever you got those bones. Take all those bones throw them into something and cook them well in a fire it's like i i take the i've taken the bones from from different things and i've saved them thrown them in a freezer and then when i'm doing my uh my biochar i throw them in the thing with the biochar and when it comes out they just crush into a fine powder yeah it's weird seeing something that is so definitely bone like 
crumble to dust as soon as you poke it. Yeah, and it was really kind of cool because if you get them hot enough, that's what they do. They just turn into a crushed fine powder and then you have bone meal. You've created your own bone meal. So it's another way to put less waste out there into the world, you know, and, and it break it down a whole lot faster. Like if you bury a bone, it'll take forever for it to break down. But if you fry it in, in a hot fire until it bakes away, you got bone meal. But bone meal does have lots of uses. It does improve your garden. I can't remember. It's uh, phosphorus into your soil. Let's see what else we got here. Calcium for your soil for the plants that need calcium like peppers. Um, nitrogen. It may contain nitrogen. I wouldn't bet on the nitrogen. Um, oh, another bone meal. It balances out the inequalities without overpowering your soil. So there's a good one. You know, it's great for organic gardening. So that looks like a really cool article to read up on. Definitely. Do-it-yourself garden paths and walkway ideas. Yeah, this one is, is kind of a cool article. It goes through the, the different kinds of walkways mm -hmm. uh, that you can make yourself. My personal favorite one is taking old uh, palette, palette, I can't think though. Plank. There we go. Taking old pallet planks and just laying them down. They oh. also mention um, make sure that you make the path wide enough. Make sure that where you lay the path, there's nothing kind of hanging down where people are going to knock their head over. Make sure that whatever you put down, it's either in the ground or so solid that uh, people aren't likely to trip or that yeah. the different things are close together. Mm -hmm. Like. I like the different ideas they bring up here. Most of them seem like, oh, not really my style. Like those circle things. I just don't like the circle things. Yeah, well, you know, this is the biggest but waste the, here is a grass path. That's so much effort to keep clean and, and working. Oh, yeah. You got to edge it. You got to mow it. You know, that just seems like so much work. I mean, the circle thing I can deal with because it's got, you know, wood chips on it. The wood chip path is basically my paths within throughout the oasis. I have wood chips all the mm -hmm. way up to the garden bits. I pretty much killed all the grass. I do like some of the brick ones. The pallet one here is an interesting idea. I like the pallet one. That's my favorite. Good use of good use of all of wood pallets. Especially since wood pallets are basically free. You know, oh yeah. You just gotta find them. Yeah, they're getting hard to come by these days. Oh, uh, not really. I know a couple of places no? up here where they've got stacks and stacks of them that they're you just gotta show up and load them into your truck. Perfect. Yeah. So all right. Ten biodegradable planting pots and how to make your own. Save your toilet paper rolls. <laughs> Yes, toilet paper rolls are good for that. I really like this article because uh, having there, there's actually two kinds. There's the biodegradable, and then there's the kind that you all well, yes, they're biodegradable. They're actually made so that they go down or so that they get used up more. Oh, this is not the pot the, one, is it? No, this is the ten. This is the one I clicked on. Ten biodegradable planting pots and how to make your own, and it just gives us ideas on how to upcycle and recycle stuff. Oh, looks like I accidentally put the wrong link in. Put the My wrong bad. link in. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll make do, you know. We're live. What the hell, you know. We'll, <laughs> just, we'll just switch gears. Everyone listening right now, pretend you didn't see that or hear us in the first part. Now we're talking about upcycling, reusing, and repurposing old items. That's what we were talking about from the beginning. That's where we started. Absolutely. 
<laughs> we said nothing about and, making your own pots. <laughs> so this is actually a really good article as well. Uh, useful tips in here. Like most of these I already use myself. Uh, like the toilet paper... The toilet paper tubes, you can use them for your gardens. You can just put them around your little seedlings for the first couple of few weeks and mm -hmm. keep them from falling down. Mm -hmm. And um, like rubber bands, there's lots of ways you can use these. Uh, this person talks about taking rubber band and putting it across a paint can lid and then they can use the rubber band to like wipe off the excess paint so there's no drips. Mm -hmm. Well, that's useful. Oh, yeah, and then rubber bands, I making, use them until they wear out and break. Yeah, that's the biggest problem with them, especially when they're old. But uh, making laundry detergent from soap slivers, that one is really cool. No, what I do is I make more I make more soap from soap slivers. Which is definitely a good idea. But, I mean, if you like the yeah. smell of your soap that much, go ahead and make some laundry detergent. It'll work. Yeah, well, it's just soap. Yeah, you can just shred it up and make soap. But yeah, I take it, I take it and re and remelt it and turn it back into soap again. Turn it into bars of soap again. There's some fun designs you can use for soap. Mm -hmm. Repurposing plastic lids, frisbees. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's lots of things you can do with that. Upcycling tops from Parmesan cheese containers. All right. Do they really fit on narrow mason narrow jack mason jars? Huh. Apparently, yeah. I'll have to give that a try. I don't buy I don't buy my Parmesan cheese though in containers very often. I I tend to buy I, I tend to buy blocks of Parmesan cheese because it's cheaper and it lasts longer. I honestly don't think I have bought a single Parmesan cheese thing, like the the container with the holes in the top. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've bought one in my entire adult life. Yeah, well, I buy one every <laughs> once in a while when I just don't feel like it and there's a deal on it. Problem is, is most of that stuff, when it's in the container, it's on the shelf, is a lot of it is filler. There's a good percentage mm. of it that's filler, and it's not pure Parmesan cheese. That's why it's so cheap. All right. How do birds predict the weather? Not how do, just that they do. I mean, most of well, the way that we can tell that they are predicting the, the weather is through proverbs. But, I mean, proverbs were brought about from people who did nothing but watch and work and watch the sky some more. Well, they had nothing all else. The they, they, they didn't have YouTube and Odyssey and Twitter and Facebook and you know all they had was books and each other and the outdoors. That was their entertainment. Yep. Or you know once on every Sunday go to church and um, maybe once in a blue moon go into town and catch a show and for the guy he got to go to the saloon because women were allowed in the saloon unless you were with that type of woman so hawks flying high means a clear sky when they fly low prepare for a blow yeah you know why why that one's obvious when the pressure is up they do tend to fly lower no, no, but that that wouldn't. When the pressure is up, you're not going to have a clear sky. Or when the pressure is up, is when you're going to have a clear sky. It's only when the pressure is low that you would have a clear sky. Or would, would oh, have okay. rain. Low pressure means storm. High pressure means clear. So they high they they fly high because of the high pressure, and the high pressure allows for better updrafts for them. Okay. Well, we don't have very much fair weather because the geese always fly over here. They're flying pretty low. 
<laughs> yeah, we we really don't have very much good weather this time of year, especially. <laughs> it's been raining for three weeks now. With only the occasional clear skies, I'm lucky to have gotten most of that bloody fence done that I have to move. I'm down to one <laughs> pole left to move, and I have to I have to get out there with a breaker bar, a big long crowbar to break the concrete up because it's the one last hole, and of course it's near the end of the line where there's another fence and it's near another pole, so there's a big chunk of concrete float into the area. Of course, exactly where I have to dig the hole. But of course, yeah. Could be worse. I mean, we dug up some massively huge rocks digging these holes, and I'm thinking, why? Wow. Why? It's like. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Migrating birds fly more easily in dense and high pressure condensants. Yeah, well, that's the same thing. Therefore, geese. So, one, one of the ones I learned when I was younger was about. Uh, Seagulls coming inland. Oh yeah. When seagulls come, when seagulls come inland, you can expect a storm, unless mm -hmm. you are by a fast food place, which there are so many fast food places now, it's hard to tell when the seagulls are inland because it's a storm coming or they're just looking for food. Except for my, except for my apartment in uh, in in Victoria, which. Um, Across the street, the only thing near me is the high school field. There's no fast food within two kilometers of my house. So when they all land in the field across the street, you I know, know there's a big. Storm. I know there's a storm coming in every and and without fail. When I see a shitload of seagulls out there in the field, I'm looking. Okay, we got a storm coming in. And within 24 hours, a storm is rolling through. When fowl roost in daytime, expect rain. Okay, so I'll pay attention to my chickens. <laughs> if crows fly in pairs, expect fine weather. A crow flying alone is a sign of foul weather. Yeah, I don't believe that because there's always crows flying alone around here, even in the sunny yeah. days. <laughs> the whiteness of a goose's breastbone indicates the kind of winter. A red or dark spotted bone means a cold and stormy winter. Few or light colored spots mean a mild winter. Hmm. I thought that was kind of interesting. In the fall, drumming partridge means a mild and open winter. When domestic geese walk east and fly west, expect cold weather. That one was kind of interesting. Okay. If, ber if birds in the autumn grow tame, if birds in the autumn grow tame, the winter will be too cold for game. Hmm. When the rooster goes, uh, goes crowing to bed, he will rise with a watery head. Okay. I think that means it's going to rain. Yep, that's <laughs> what it means, it's going to rain. But I won't know that because I'm not allowed to have a rooster. <laughs> When the swallow's nest is high, the summer is very dry. When the swallow buildeth low, you can safely reap and sow. Although, although reading up on chickens, I did read some interesting stuff on chickens, is that uh, hens can get pretty noisy too. Mm -hmm. And they especially get noisy in the morning when they're laying their eggs. Because it turns out yep. hens, like to, hens like to brag every time they lay an egg. They, <laughs> they like to start clucking after they've laid an egg. At least this is somebody articles. This is somebody articles I've read is that hens hens will start clucking after they've laid an egg, and and the theory behind it is well well maybe they're happy because they got that egg out. <laughs> <laughs> At any rate, yeah, I, I have way too much chicken knowledge running through my head right now as I'm preparing to have chickens. I've been putting I it off. I actually have months. a chicken uh, a chicken article for you tonight too. 
All right, well, we're running into some time here. Let's kind of skip the 10 uses for coffee and coffee grounds. Okay. Canning meatloaf for meals in a jar. This one here, we'll just touch on this. This is a really good one. If you're into your canning and you have a pressure canner, you'll want to look into this because I kind of like this recipe. I'll probably look at doing it this year. And that is you make yourself up hamburger patties or a meatloaf, basically. And you make them just the right size to fit into your canning jar. You fry them up in the oven. Then you mix yourself up a marinara sauce. You put the meatloaf patties in a jar and then you cover it in marinara sauce. And then you pressure can it. And now you have an instant meal in a jar. Instant meatloaf, eat meatloaf with sauce in a jar. Cool. Now that I've learned how to pressure can finally, and I have no problem worrying that I'm going to blow the whole house up with my pressure canner, <laughs> which is always the biggest, you know, when you, when you read about people in pressure can, that's always the biggest fear the first few times you use it, that you're going to blow the thing apart. Makes sense. Yeah. Cause you know, you are basically putting a bomb on top of your stove that, you know, if mishandled will explode. <laughs> So. I, I wonder, when cars were brand new, how did the first dozen or so people who got in it and drove it feel as they started it? Yeah, you know, they were probably worried that something was going to blow <laughs> up on them. Yeah. I really have no idea. It was, you know, they were just the adventurers. They're the same people that got in the, uh, in the, first, the first airplanes that went faster than the speed of sound and the first people who flew to the moon, you know. You know, the, the adventurers are the ones that do that shit first. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about food production is going to be substantially lower than anticipated all over the globe in 2022. And this is a good there article. There are a whole lot of reasons. There are so many reasons why food production is going to be low and you want to be preparing your own food, growing your own food, storing your own food, everything you want to do. You know, they're talking about the, this article talks about the global fertilizer crisis. We're going to get into more of that stuff later. Um, the lower wheat pro, uh, produce uh, production, the lower corn production, not just in North America, but all over the globe. The fact that trains, the train system in, in North America and the United States in particular, They've stopped shipping as much uh, fertilizer across the nation. You know that we that we have this so-called bird flu pandemic right now, which of course is relying on the same PCR technology that the uh, Rona relied on to determine who had cases of it. Which We're, you can also use that test to find Rona in bananas and Coke. Yeah. And But the thing is, is that with the birds, though, they don't have to worry about it. They go, oh, you've got an infected bird. Kill your whole flock. Yep. You know, so they're, they're, really, they're really going after it. And as I said, you know, there's this, seems like there's a great conspiracy right now to take down our food supply system. Read this article over, folks. It's in the worry about our food supply. Some stocking storage preps. These are a couple of quick tips and information here. One, if you're planning to head out for a few days or a week or so and you think there might be bad weather, there's a chance you might lose power, you know, or just simply the fact that you live in an area that does lose power in the winter and you know better than to go into your freezer, if you take 
a frozen cup of water and you put a coin on top of it and stick it in your freezer, stick it near the door, towards the front of the door, because that's the area that loses the cold the fastest. When you open that freezer, if that coin has sunk into the ice, you know that your freezer defrosted. And depending on how far that coin sunk in there can give you an idea on how much other food got defrosted too. So oh. that you know if you've just any of your food has gone bad on you and you didn't know about it because you could lose power. Like if you go away for a week, you could lose power for three days and not even know you lost your power. And you could have That's had your you could have had your food thaw out on you and then refreeze and you think it's still healthy and safe, but in reality, it's might not be healthy and safe anymore. Hmm. So it is a very useful idea and useful tip. And this article explains a whole lot into it. Yeah, I never would have thought of that. Another one here is a $10 jerky maker. If you like beef jerky and you don't want to spend money on a dehydrator, for about 10 bucks, you can make yourself your own dehydrator, sort of. But something that actually mm -hmm. dehydrates jerky with a 100-watt light bulb, a, a uh, cookie sheet, and a box, and a couple of rods. I thought this was a Brilliant. really cool idea. You know, it shows you all you got to do to go through the box and put the rods in there. It's actually PVC pipe and how to uh, hang your, uh, you can use a, you know, a light and then hang your meat in there on the rods and sticks and just let it dry and you have jerky. Really Perfect. cool thing. Another one, things you should throw away that you throw away, you should add to your stockpile instead. This is kind of an interesting article. There's a few things in here that were useful. You know, how to reuse plastic bottles and cans and dryer lint and egg cartons. A lot of this stuff we've covered many, many times on the show. So I just thought it was useful to bring forward. But this is all of it together <laughs> in one. Pretty yep. awesome. 30 cent survival food that you should hoard. Mr. Noodles? That's exactly what it is. <laughs> it's like the only thing that is still that cheap. Yes, ramen. Mm -hmm. Ramen noodles. They're, they're, they're dirt cheap, and yet they're a good, mostly nutritious food. But they do provide oh. calories. They fill you up and they provide some calories. It takes uh, about 70 hours for them to fully digest in your system. But well, you know, that means it's you know, longer <laughs> in your system. means you're not as hungry as fast. <laughs> you know, but when you're starving, you won't care. That's good. But you can also put anything you've got available into the ramen noodles. Mm -hmm. Ramen noodles can be made very nutritious. Yeah, they can. This one here I thought was an interesting article, something I'd never thought about. It's called a do-it-yourself survival jar. Basically, Survival you jar? Well, survival bottle is what it should say. Get yourself a drinking water bottle. One of those big Nalgene bottles or a stainless steel bottle, you know, and then you go and put in all the things you need for survival in it. You know, twine, first aid kit, you know, a, a, a uh, emergency blanket, uh, whistle, small knife, lighter, uh, water filter, you know, line, twine, all kinds of things. And all this stuff will fit inside this jar. And then you can carry it in your backpack or whatever, 
but you have all the instant things you need for survival in one nice. container. I thought that was kind of useful. That is useful. All right. Health prep. This is something that you'll want to do, especially since everyone's been talking so much about um, nuclear holocaust lately, is if you can't get iodine, but you really want to get iodine into your diet because that helps protect you against uh, radiation fallout, five foods that are rich in iodine that you can eat to help manage radiation effects or get your iodine levels up so that if it ever happens, your iodine levels are already high because iodine helps absorb radiation and prevents it from harming your body. And they tell you how much how you need. I wonder how that works. I have no idea. I don't know the science behind it. They tell you what, what, what you need, but they tell you the food. Seaweed or kelp, you know, very rich in iodine. Eggs, I didn't realize eggs were high in iodine, extremely high in iodine useful you get 54 micrograms of iodine now they did mention up here that what you need your daily recommend dose is around 150 micrograms of iodine so three mm. eggs will give you your daily dose cool you know judging by the math there beef liver for those of you that can choke it down <laughs> table salt but not the table salt I eat. None of my salt is iodized salt because iodized salt is horrible for cooking. But iodized salt is pretty common. A lot of places. Grated Parmesan cheese. That means only the real stuff, folks. Yeah. So those are some foods that are high in iodine. I didn't know that about eggs. And now that I'm going to be having real eggs, fresh eggs, I imagine they'll be just as good or better. So... That's perfect. 10 tips to help you start exercising and keep at it. I thought this was a good article. Really, it just tells you how to get yourself started. Uh, it suggests that you start out with just uh, flexing and, and tightening all of your muscles. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, start doing small things and make that at least a habit a day. And do stretches and then eventually start start yourself getting into actual exercises that you want to do mm -hmm. and if you start out with the really small stuff and slowly work in more it won't feel like a change to your daily routine it'll feel like you're just you know doing your regular routine because by the time you actually get to the point where you're doing proper exercises yeah. you've already been doing it for a while and they give you a list of exercises to start with and exercises to do that's a good way to do it. Mm. All right. Let's see what else we got here. We got anything really super we want to cover here? Let's cover this one because this one here is kind of useful. 12 Native American remedies that we have lost to history. I was actually going to say, I really do want to cover that one. Most of them are starting to come back, but some of them I didn't know. Like this one here, Rosemary. You know, everyone uses it, but it's a sacred plant. I didn't know it was a sacred plant. It's eaten to I improve. I didn't know it was sacred. Eaten to improve memory, relieve muscle pain, but can also be used as a topical medicine to soothe sore joints. 
You make a healing balm. You add 40 drops of rosemary essential oil to a half a cup of coconut oil and a quarter cup of olive oil and then rub it on as needed. You can also use a rosemary um, in your bath. If you, ta mm. if you use rosemary and Epsom salt together, mm. it helps. So I didn't know that, but I use rosemary in a lot of my cooking, but I didn't know that. Sumac. I'd like to have some sumac. There's, I know there's some around in the wild here somewhere, but sumac is a good one. It's used as a poultice to alleviate itching and discomfort from poison ivy and other things. It's uh, hmm. ingested treatment to add to cold water. You know, um, ingested treatment. Blackberry, of course, everyone knows how tasty blackberries are. And I did learn that you can use blackberry leaves in tea. I haven't harvested my blackberry leaves yet. I'll be doing that this year. But you can add them to different tea blends to really help with uh, with stomach upset and sleeping. And there's many things I've read about blackberry. And blackberry root can also be used to heal a sore throat. And I guess the or leaves can be <clears throat> chewed for bleeding gums. Yeah, uh, if you if you, oh, okay. So the leaves are are the part for the bad gums. Cool. Yeah, red clover, red clover, come over, come over, red clover, red clover, <laughs> red clover, red clover, come over, come over, something like that. All right, red clover. Um, I grow it because it's got lots of other uses. The clover flowers uh, with what it tastes like to make a tea. Drink is needed is to treat inflammation and various respiratory problems. Cattails, we've covered in one episode, we had an entire article on cattails. And we covered everything from top to bottom on cattails and how many different uses there are and so many different illnesses it can be used for, including uh, a mm -hmm. asthma. What is buckbrush? Uh, it's not something that's native here, I don't think. I don't think it's native to where we live. Does it have thorns? It doesn't mm -hmm. look like it has thorns. I don't know. I don't know much about that one. It's like green briar. I don't know what green briar is either. I've never seen it. And sal, sal palmento is definitely a a uh, southern uh, tropical plant because it's basically a a palm tree. Uh, wild rose. You can use it for all kinds of things. Make it, you know, rose hips, rose hip teas, save the flowers, make a tea. It's good for sore throat, uh, a diuretic. Slippery elm. Rose, rose hips, I just wanted to say, are pretty amazing. Uh, if you if you grab the rose hips, they are chock full of vitamin C. Yeah, you got to remember with rose hips, though, is you got to make sure you open them carefully and remove the little fine hairs in them. Yep. Because those fine hairs can cause problems. Slippery elm, which doesn't grow here, but it grows in southern, mostly eastern and southern U.S. You know, and it's used to make materials like thread, rope, bowstrings, clothing. Medicine used it uh, to make a tea that could soothe sore throat, stomach aches, and other conditions. Ashwagandha, I'm not even sure what that is. And then black gum bark. Black gum bark. It's a tree. Not very common here. Okay. Cherokees use the bark and twigs to make mild tea that could relieve chest pains. So obviously it's uh, good for um, your heart probably, which is okay. usually what chest pains are relative to. All right. Cool. 
Let's see what we got. We're pushing up to the hour where we switch over to our deep, dark areas. All right. You've got Raising Chickens 101. Yep. Let's bring that in, and then we'll take a quick little break and come right back. So when you were talking about the chickens before, I remembered in this article, they talk about how hens... Uh, they, they don't only lay in the morning, they can lay any time of the day, but yeah. they also like eating eggs as much as we do. Yes. And if one of, one of their eggs cracks and they start eating it, they will start breaking all the other eggs and you can't actually break them of this habit once they start. No, you basically got to kill the chicken. Yeah, but I, I found that very interesting. It never occurred to me that they would like to eat their own egg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah once they get a taste of it, they're like, oh, this is damn good. Yeah. That's why if that's why they tell you you can feed your chickens eggshells, but make damn sure sure it doesn't look like an eggshell. Crush it to almost a fine powder to feed it back to your chickens. They can't know, they can't know that it was their eggshell because if it's identifiable uh, identifiable to them as an eggshell, they will eat their eggs. They will start eating their eggs to get that eggs because the eggs, the in the in particular, they want the egg shell because it's high calcium, and they need that calcium well, to produce eggs. Here they say, uh, give your hens ground oyster shell or mm. similar calcium supplement. Mm -hmm. Yes, well, egg shell is a similar cal calcium supplement. They don't specifically say oh. that, but that's what it is. Egg shell is a calcium supplement because egg shells are pure calcium. That's why, cool. that's why if you're looking for a calcium supplement in your diet, you can take your eggshells from all your eggs you cook, wash them really well after you pop the egg out, let them dry, pop them in the oven, heat them up to about 300 degrees for about 15 or 20 minutes, pull them out of the oven, and then crush them to a fine powder, pop them into, um, you can either spoon it into your drink and mix it in like you would any other stuff into your drink or if you like taking capsules and you have a little capsule maker you can spoon it spoon it all into all the capsule shells and you can pop a capsule every day full of calcium neat yeah so lots of really good uses for eggshells i i i tend to just crush them up and put them into my soil i mm -hmm. haven't i haven't got to the point where i've been using them for a calcium supplement yet but I don't need a calcium supplement. All right. I think we need to take a little bit of a break here before we start down our route. Actually, wait a sec. We've got noisy chickens all about foul language. Since we're on all about chickens tonight, let's get this one here. <laughs> I saw this. And, eh, let's get this one out of the way. Yeah, this is, one, <laughs> this is the article I was talking about earlier. It talks about all the chickens, not just the roosters making you noise. And... Uh, studying the different sounds the chickens make where they discovered that chickens they've identified 24 24 unique vocalizations and their meanings oh and they talk about the egg song tidbitting <laughs> you know clucking squawking hissing shrieking honking and so much more your what chickens, is tidbitting? I don't know. What's it say? Series of squeaky staccato cluck sounds like someone repeatedly scuffing their shoe on a freshly waxed floor. God, that's got to be irritating. Oh. 
Tidbitting yeah. is used by roosters and in female-only flocks by alpha hens to call flock mates over to just discovered food. Oh, mother hens cool. use tidbitting to teach their chicks what to eat in the run and when foraging. Neat. Oh, okay, so it's basically like, hey, hey, I found some food over here, guys. Come on over here. Let's get some. <laughs> All right. So I'll be paying attention. I'll, I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a camera on the chickens from time to time and just let them let them be stars for the for the uh, YouTube channel. That's awesome. Maybe everybody likes watching it. critters doing their thing. Everyone, especially if the critters do something really crazy and stupid, which you know they always do. Yeah. All right. Let's take a little bit of a break. <laughs> we'll come right back after this. A boisterous Saturday night It's the boys not to howl And the girls not to prowl It's the blue collar workers Boisterous Saturday night A chance to let off steam A chance to holler and scream It's the blue collar workers Boisterous Saturday night Shower, but if fast me rev up the car and make her wheel squeal, heading for a boisterous Saturday night. It's the boys not to have, and the girls not to proud. It's the blue collar workers, boisterous Saturday night. A chance to let off steam, a chance to holler and scream. It's the blue collar workers. Boisterous Saturday night All night long you will sing and dance If you get lucky you'll find romance Drink too much of that I'm sure Wake next morning with your head so sore All called by Boisterous Saturday night It's the boys not to have And the girls not to proud It's the blue-collar workers Boisterous Saturday night A chance to let off steam A chance to holler and scream It's the blue-collar workers Boisterous Saturday night It's the boys not to have and the girl's not to prowl. It's blue collar workers, boisterous Saturday night. A chance to let off steam, a chance to holler and scream. It's blue collar workers, boisterous Saturday night. Lord, it's blue collar workers, boisterous Saturday night. Alrighty then, it's it, folks. We're back. That was a good break. Got some more rum. 
Get some more other things on the way. All right. Let's go deep dive down into... Good night, Where are we going to go? Nut. We're going to go into left nut stuff. Because, <laughs> after all, there's so many leftist tears pouring over right now. I was stunned, actually. I, I thought it was a joke when they said that uh, it's been approved that Musk is buying Twitter. He's I'm not overly surprised. I mean, well, I agree with, with Dvorak. It's probably a money-making engine that hasn't been utilized properly, and he sees how it can be done. Oh, absolutely. I don't doubt that in the least. I just find the crying over it is so intense. Oh, I've, re I've seen this oh, yeah. one. This one here is, this is, this, is, this is the epitome of it, folks. We'll just let <laughs> this one play for us. Own, own all of Twitter or Facebook or what have you. You don't have to explain yourself. You don't even have to be transparent. You could secretly ban one party's candidate or all of its candidates, all of its nominees, or you could just secretly turn down the reach of their stuff and turn up the reach of something else. And the rest of us might not even find out about it till after the election. Elon Musk says this is all to help people because he is just a free speech, philosophically clear, open-minded helper. You own all of Twitter. Yeah. Yep, that's so, that, that 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 winds it up in a nutshell. Go ahead. That is exactly how Twitter is, but he's saying that's what it will become because of Musk. Yeah. Well, what what they're afraid of here is that Musk's going to let all of the right people, the people on the right or the right people, take your pick. He's going to yeah. let them all back on Twitter and he's not going to suppress them. That's what they're all afraid of. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I caught an article about um, about the lead lawyer of Twitter who was responsible for banning Trump's account and several other major high-profile accounts. She broke down crying because <laughs> she's not going to be able to do this shit that she's been doing anymore is basically what it boiled down to. Yeah, this has been – the insanity of this has just been really quite hilarious to watch. As the like, next one I have here is Blaze TV host celebrates Musk kicking the Ministry of Truth to the curb by letting loose all of her held-in opinions that would have gotten her kicked off in the past. Yeah, well, nineteen eighty-four style truth Ministry of Truth is what yeah. they're talking about here. Oh yeah, well that's and what Twitter. That's I've been what Twitter going through, been. through my Twitter. I've been seeing her everywhere, just randomly with these. Uh, with these things that she's saying, like they actually put them all on the list below yeah. this right Men here. Men don't it's have periods. Really Climate change is a hoax. Teachers who teach children <laughs> gender and identity should be arrested. Leo Thomas is a cheater and a dude. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, these are the things that would definitely got her banned. But it's changing. It's like I've been seeing right, uh, right the people on the right going, wait a minute. You know, I, I do feel like I deserve 87,000 new followers tonight, but how come it suddenly jumped by 85,000 overnight? Is Twitter burning uh, burning their files real quick to destroy the evidence of what they've been doing? And he actually showed his last month of stuff where they've been increasing like a thousand, 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 you know, and all of a sudden it's 87,000 the day after that, the announcement that Musk is buying Twitter. And it's like a lot of these things, it's like, I'm looking at it. It's like, well, yeah, a lot of this stuff, these people aren't getting booted for now. It's like, well, wait a minute, maybe you might have some actual um, talking, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, some open dialogue, some open dialogue on Twitter like it was in the very beginning when I thought it was very, very cool and useful. 
Yeah. Even though yeah, you I know, just, go ahead. Sorry, I was just gonna say I thought this list was quite entertaining. If you just kind of scroll down, read one out of every three at least. No, I like this, this list. One. Just keeps going, but it's mm. it's quite entertaining. Men cannot be women. No, no, they can't. Your mask <laughs> Your doesn't mask work. Doesn't work. <laughs> Only women can get pregnant. Yeah, last time I checked. <laughs> this is my favorite because also it goes to a it goes to a movie. Boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. <laughs> yeah, Anthony Fauci Anthony is full of shit. Is full of shit. <laughs> yeah, transgenderism is a mental illness. <laughs> it actually is. It was listed in the DMH five. Yes. Uh, Climate change is a hoax. Yes, uh, it is. It is a hoax. COVID was COVID was created in a lab in China. Sean King is confused. <laughs> white male. Well, he definitely is. Fat, fat is, is not, not healthy. No, fat is not healthy. And ivermectin <laughs> does work. <laughs> I love this underneath <laughs> uh, underneath the, the Twitter. Learn about emerging treatments for COVID nineteen from health experts. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Go Twitter. Putting that ad in there. <laughs> Judging oh, white people, I love this one. Judging white people by the color of their skin is racist. It is. It is racist. It really is. Planned Parenthood murders babies. Yes, yes, they do. <laughs> and in California, they can now murder their babies after they're born. That is disturbing beyond belief for mm -hmm. me. George Floyd was a criminal. Yes, yes, he was. He yep. was a convicted criminal. So you can actually say that without libel. He was a convicted criminal. Let's see. Well, she's got quite a few. Joe Biden is a racist who eulogized the eulogized KKK leader. The KK yes, he did. He did. Yes, <laughs> she, she's been going fucking full on retard, hasn't she? All right. Go for her. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's having fun and she's everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I've seen a few of hers pop up in my feed and I just didn't give them much thought. So... Yeah, Neither did I, because it's it's so out of context, right? Mm -hmm. But now, after reading this and seeing why she's doing it, it's like, oh, yeah, I get it. Yeah, she <laughs> she she's going crazy to see if Twitter's going to ban her and see if see if see if Musk is going to hold true. Is basically what boils down to. Good for her. So far, so good. Yeah, well, it's like I've seen so much on this Twitter thing. I mean, it started what three weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, when when. Uh, when uh, actually it was a month ago when when Musk bought nine percent of Twitter, mm -hmm. and initially he was the largest shareholder, and then of course BlackRock bought a big chunk and took themselves up to thirteen percent or something to make them the largest shareholder, and then Musk comes in with the tender offer of forty four billion, and everyone laughed at it, and then Musk went out there and took procured all the monies to ensure he could actually buy it and then he came back and made it an official offer and the problem is is that the board of twitter had an had a fiduciary obligation to take that deal to their shareholders because their share the shares were only worth like 30 some bucks a share and 58 bucks a share is a massive premium so the shareholders were going to make a chunk of money selling out oh yeah and if they didn't do it, all of the super major shareholders and on the entire board of Twitter, maybe 
they the board may have held like eight thousand shares between all eight people on the board. It's like they had no investment in Twitter whatsoever. Yet they were the people who were running Twitter. You have a it's yeah. a serious problem when the people running the company have no investment in the company. So, yeah, you do. But they had to they had to bring it to their to the shareholders and make the recommendation that it should be taken because if they didn't, all the major shareholders could have sued the board and the board would have been on the hook for all the money they would have lost by not taking the deal. And it could have mm -hmm. been like $20 billion that they would have been liable for. So it's like, yeah, no, let's sell. <laughs> so now it's going to go to Twitter and it's going to be a private company now. It's not going to be a public company, which is going to make it even more entertaining. Because they keep saying, they, you know, you, oh, it's a, Twitter is a private company. Well, technically it was never a private. Well, it was originally, but once it went public, it was no longer a private company. It was owned by all the shareholders. Yep. And Which the, means that the board really can't do jack shit. They they get told what to do by the shareholders. Only if the shareholders are active. And the board does a whole lot. A board can do a whole lot. But now Musk is going to be the sole owner and he's taking the company private, meaning the stock will not be traded on the open market, which means there will, there will no longer be any quarterly reports on what Twitter's doing, no longer any reports on whether Twitter's making or losing money, no more reports to the public about what Twitter's doing, just Twitter. And see- Useful and see how it goes. He doesn't have to report to anybody about, about what he's doing. He just goes, eh, I want to do this. He tells the upper echelon management, do this, and they are supposed to make it happen through the lower echelon of, of people. Which You know, I'm, talking about this, I'm getting the idea this may just be his sandbox. It might be. His sandbox to try out some ideas or something he has in mind for the future. Mm -hmm. It might very well be a sandbox for him. And instead of doing like Trump tried to do and build his freedom platform or whatever it is, mm -hmm. uh, Musk had enough money to say, fuck it, I'll just buy Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so, I yeah. have some more uh, Elon Musk and Twitter stuff. Oh, I've got some too. Good night, left nut as yeah. well. <laughs> Musk buys Twitter and the libs are going nuts. <laughs> oh, yeah, we got all kinds of this shit. I've got bits and pieces of it scattered all over. Elon so this Musk is an article that I got through um, uh, the Insider. Yeah, and I found this very interesting. It's it's actually really well written, and it goes through the the deal that was made and uh, how it works and what's going to happen. And you know, it it's this is really good for having a better understanding of everything. Mm -hmm. But uh, the second link I have in here, the fantastic thread, this is where you really get to see the libtards going nuts. Okay, let's go see how the libtards are going nuts. Because what well, it's been funny watching the libtards <laughs> lose their mind over this. Uh, it's like I've seen lots of people going, yeah, I just renewed my Twitter account or I just started a Twitter account just to come in here and watch the fucking entertainment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, oh, I love this. This is twi this is Elon himself. Yep. The extreme antibody reaction from those who fear free speech says it all. <laughs> Here we go. I f by free speech, I simply mean that which matches the law. 
which is a free speed absolutist, which is what he claims to be. I want to see, I'm really hoping that he's a free speech absolutist like myself. If it's yeah. within the law, you should be able to say whatever you want, whenever you want. If it's within mm -hmm. the in the law, in other words, you can't threaten people. You can't you can't talk about creating cr doing crimes or or planning a crime or, you know, uh, in the United States in particular, there is no such thing as hate speech. It does not exist. It's actually protected speech. Not so much so in Europe and Canada and other places where we have this stupid thing they call freedom of expression, which isn't free speech, but that's a whole nother fucking sideline. But I say, okay, I'm against censorship that goes far beyond the law. If people want less free speech, they will ask government to pass laws to that effect. And they do do that. Therefore, yep. going beyond the law is contrary to the will of the people. Absolutely. Uh, CJ question. from East Bay, you're not for free speech. You're you're for a very one-sided view. Learn the difference. Yeah, no, here's a <laughs> genuine question, curiosity. This is a fucking moron. What type of things are being silenced on Twitter now? Okay, you are an idiot. Or just very naive. Yeah, it seems like <laughs> it's already rather free to say whatever. No, no, it's not. No. As the person we just looked at, everything she said <laughs> is absolute free speech. Yep. But yet it was being banned on Twitter. <laughs> this is one that I've been seeing a lot of. <laughs> Elon Musk could have put that four, $44 billion towards oh, tackling God. world poverty. I've been Instead, he's used it to send millions of woke liberal narcissists into a spiral of depression. Honestly, I think it's money well spent. Yes, I saw that one. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> But what I, I've been seeing this other one here where they're going, he should have used that money to solve world poverty. Yeah, well, yeah, what no. about all the others, though? <laughs> no, it, it wouldn't have worked because anyone who pays attention to this shit, if you give people free shit. They stop trying. They they don't appreciate it. They don't understand it. They, they don't value it. If mm. it's free, there's no value to it. If they don't earn it. They don't, they don't feel responsible for it. They also feel bad themselves. You know, mm -hmm. when it's given, when, when you get something for nothing, you sort of feel guilty about it. And the people who get something for nothing feel guilty about it and they punish themselves and therefore they punish others. You know, Elon Musk is committed to nothing except more transparency, more free speech, and the left is melting down, which shows two things. They hate transparency and free speech, yes. He always assumes Twitter opposed both, then gaslit everyone that Twitter wasn't biased. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. <clears throat> uh, most of the funny ones that were up here before just aren't there anymore. Too many people who are able to think of taking over. Oh, you got to scroll <laughs> way down for those ones, I'm sure. Sometimes you got you to gotta scroll way down for the really good stuff. <laughs> uh, maybe okay they've disappeared all right twitter employees are freaking out publicly now we already talked about the twitter lawyer oh you skipped the the elon musk buying twitter is making this dude's job unsafe what's that um it's the third one oh, down okay. or sorry sorry second one down and oh okay let's he, he even tears up at the end man okay, it's, it's well, a truly amazing performance i want to see this one <laughs> 
It's well, I got to warn you, your brain is going to melt a little. Oh, my brain doesn't melt anymore when dealing with libtards. <laughs> I just kind of look at them and shake my head and go, really? Come on, load. Oh, it didn't load. Did it oh, run here away? it is, right here. All right, let's oh, see what it say. Come on, load. Loading, loading, loading. Volume. Moderation here at Twitter. Before I get started, I would just like to acknowledge that Twitter's head office. Oh, wait a second. Hi, my name's Tony Fernandez. I use he, him pronouns, and I'm the lead <laughs> of content moderation here at Twitter. Before I get started, I would just like to acknowledge that Twitter's head office occupies. All right, before I go any further, do you see that dude's eyes? He's either really stoned or half asleep. I'm thinking really stoned. I'm thinking really stoned, but look at the bags under those eyes. Yeah. That's a serious fucking problem he's got going on. I don't know what it is oh, precisely. Yeah. When you get bags that bad, either you've been in a fight because it looks like black eyes. I know I know those. I've seen those. I've I've had those. And it was usually because I was sleeping the like two hours ancestral night. Ancestral homelands of the Rami Tushalani. Oh, dear God. That so annoys me <laughs> when people do that. It so annoys me. All right, let's go with that. Occupies the unseated ancestral home. Oh, hang on. Moderation here at Twitter. Before I get started, I would just like to acknowledge that Twitter's head office occupies the unseated ancestral homelands of the Rami Tushalani peoples, who are the original inhabitants. Okay, before we hear the rest of that bullshit, um, in the United States, there is no such thing as unseated lands because the United States conquered them. Mm -hmm. Therefore, they took the lands from them and ceding it was irrelevant. Here in Canada, yeah, we do kind of have that problem because we kind of swindled them out of most of it, but it was still stolen fair and square. What does unseated mean? It means the people who lived there originally, the First Nations that were there, didn't sign a treaty to give up their lands. They didn't sign a document that says, we sold this land to you. Or oh, they, okay. didn't, they didn't sign a surrender treaty. You don't have to sign a surrender treaty when you get your ass stomped into the ground by the U.S. Cavalry. You lost. Get over it. I, I've got a problem with that. And, you know, it, it's like, I'm just like, get over it. Every every land, and if you want to go back and you want to deal with it, it's unseated, well, who did you steal the land from before? Oh, well, we stole it from that tribe. Did they cede it to you? Oh, and you go back to that tribe. Who did you get it from? Oh, we stole it from that tribe. Because all oh. lands have been conquered and stolen from everyone going all the way back to the first peoples that landed on those lands. Now, if you can find those actual first peoples, good luck with that, then you find the actual owners of that land originally. But one of the things that really bothers me about when people go on about this is mm. it is so disrespectful to the warriors of that age because there is still honor in mm -hmm. in being conquered and giving way and yeah. falling back to save your people but yeah. here they are removing even the honor of giving up to save your people yeah. by saying well it still belongs to them but they it bothers me yeah every time i hear it it bothers me and it's just like really get over it 
the land was either stolen or swindled, fair and square. It was, it was, it was stolen, conquered, swindled, fair and square. You know, get over it. It's never going to, it's not going to change, not without another conquering army. And who knows, we might have another conquering army comes through and stomp us out into existence and take all our lands as we currently have, and then we can whine about it in a hundred years. Well, right. nobody saw the Romans being conquered. Nope, no one saw the Romans being conquered, and eventually that happened too. All right, yep. let's continue. Inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. It's not theirs in the sense that we've ever provided them any sort of compensation, nor do we intend to. But we contribute with our words, which is basically as good as money to them. Fun fact, they don't even believe in money or have a word for it. The reason I'm making this video is in You know what, idiot? You're full of shit. They might not have had a, a word for money, but in essence, they believed in money because they always traded goods. They believed in value for value. They believed in value for value, which is basically money to some yep. extent because you know they're like well wait a minute that this this trader guy coming through he has these shells i really want to use to do this or he has this item i can't get here but i have something i can trade him so i trade something for something that is money that is yes. e that is essentially what money is so you're so full of shit dude sorry <laughs> he, he's gonna piss me off i'm gonna do this the, the whole fucking thing because he's just a moron Oh, this is part of the reason I wanted you to throw it on, because I love your commentary. Response <laughs> to Elon Musk recently purchasing 9% of Twitter. Normally, I wouldn't dare call out a neurodivergent African-American. However, I feel compelled. Oh, I, I love that. I love that part, too, because everyone seems mm -hmm. to forget that Elon is an African-American. <laughs> yes, he is. He is from Africa, and he's American. He's, southern, he's from Southern Africa. <laughs> he's... I find that one just hilarious. So, is this guy doing satire? Nope. He okay. is a Twitter employee. Okay. It's, at this point here, it seems like satire. I know, but no, Dad, this is real life. Okay, let's, let's keep going. <laughs> let's see what we got. ...as our democracy and the safety of my coworkers is at stake. Mr. Musk has accused Twitter of being against free speech. However, Vladimir Putin and the head of the Taliban both have accounts on our platform. Explain that. We can't. I mean, you can't. Sure, we banned the sitting president of the United States. Are you sure? It's not, it's not satire. That little bit right there was towards satire. I don't know. Maybe it is satire, okay. but... It, it's so hard to tell at nowadays. End, at the end there, it really doesn't seem like satire. Okay, well, let's keep going for life with no recourse. But had we not done that, the QAnon shaman would probably be the Speaker of the House right now. And we admitted we screwed up by not allowing the New York Post story about Hunter Biden's laptop to be shared right before the election. But we had a policy about not sharing hacked materials at the time. And in our defense, we did reverse that policy, which allowed all the donors to that Canadian Nazi trucker convoy to be exposed. So we do get some things right. Like recently, when we locked the account of the satire site, the Babylon Bee, for calling Rachel Levine <laughs> okay i'm sorry it's just at this moment here he started out fine i was making comments thinking it was serious but he, the more he gets into this the more it's like this is yeah okay being man of the year 
She is a woman, and we don't allow hateful content on our platform that isn't directed at the previous administration or any members of the Russian government. More importantly, Twitter is a private business and has the right to refuse service to anyone we choose. Just like a restaurant oh, okay. that won't serve an unvaccinated person, but not like a bakery that won't bake a cake for a gay couple. Mr. Musk fails to realize that with every tweet criticizing Twitter, he puts every one of us in real danger and will face violence in the form of tweets that they have to see. Please, Elon, reconsider. Okay. This guy here, the name, Danny Jokes, that was satire. Okay. There, I no honestly, I thought it was serious yeah. because that's just how crazy people are. Well, I, see, that's the whole problem. In the beginning, because I didn't look at the information, I just took it for what it was. And I, But his comments, definitely all of them come from the left. Exactly. <laughs> but the way he was explaining it, he got into explaining it. It's like, no, no, he it, it's satire. I can hear it. He, he He's satirizing the whole thing and making it seem okay. serious. And he did a good job of it. Very good job of it. Oh, he tricked me. Kudos yes, to him, man. Yes, I can no. usually catch those things really well. No. I didn't catch this one. No, it's like, wait a minute. No, no, no. There's no way. Even the leftards don't generally go as far as he did. True. He he took it to the extreme, and then he explained things, which made it even more satiric. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, we, <laughs> we banned this, but then we didn't ban it. And then we unbanned it just in time so that all of the people, all the people could be exposed from the uh, truckers convoy. You know, so it's like, yeah, OK, this satire, that, that definitely satire, <laughs> but good satire. Way, it was a good one. It was good satire. I'm not saying it was bad. It was good satire. <laughs> it was very good. <clears throat> all right. Let's go check out the Twitter employees go absolute meltdown. Now, this one here is probably true. <clears throat> yeah, this one is true. Yeah, I feel like I'm going to throw up. Yes, that's what many of them did. I, I I've watched many of the meltdowns from this Twitter stuff. <laughs> it was like it was just like oh geez, really people get a life. But it gives us something to talk about, which is you know different than what we usually talk about. All right, nobody knows. It's absolutely insane from Talmon Joseph Joseph Smith. Let's see, does it kick us up his uh, bio stuff? No, it doesn't. All right, Twitter right now in the virtual valves of private stocks, slack, private slack rooms, employee groups, texts according to an internal self, their take breakdown. I feel like I'm going to throw up. I really don't want to work for a company that's owned by Elon Musk. Yeah, that's been pretty much uh, stuff that I've seen all day on Twitter. Yeah, and I kind of feel bad with people at Twitter who are actually looking forward to this change because yeah. they have all of the left hearts saying things like Elon fanboys are brain dead mouth breathers and it must mm. just be really fucking irritating. Uh, they're just they're <laughs> just sitting there biding their time right now waiting for the official takeover. It's like mm -hmm. one of the things I've noticed, okay, this is the interesting thing I've noticed and it started about um, six months ago. And in particular, because, you know, I know of someone who has a corporate uh, client that they deal with on a regular basis and they had to deal with someone, they had to deal with full on millenitards 
and Gen Xers and uh, some Gen Zers in their corporation because they're starting to arrive in the corporations now. And it was fucking killing the corporation. Well, mm. the COVID thing gave them an excuse to fire all the fuckers. <laughs> okay. Because they said their business was doing bad, so they turfed them all. But I've noticed that the some of their new hires recently uh, that they've talked about, uh, they've talked about to me is the new hires have not been left charge. It's almost like they look to see if if these they they put it in the uh, in the application. What are your preferred by uh, your preferred um, gender your pronouns and if they answer that question that that application is automatically filed c yep that is the way to go you know it it is a way to weed out the morons and the people Mm -hmm. you don't want in your corporation destroying your company because these these people have been costing these corporation corporations millions of dollars in business You know, because of their full woke attitudes, you know, it's like, and these corporations are waking up to it, but they have to be careful about how they avoid hiring them. And one of the Mm -hmm. best ways they can do it is by putting in their application, what are your preferred pronouns? And if they actually answer that question, you know, you've got a woke asshole. Don't fucking hire them. So at any rate, I, it's just some of the things I've been seeing is that, uh, and you know, seeing that sort of thing happen is like cool. Some places are starting to wake up. That's a good. Oh, okay. hey, did you see that list that No Agenda sent out of all the things that uh, that Musk is going to be called? Oh yeah, I, that list is going to get long. Uh, Musk is going to get all kinds of names real soon. Well, so far, I have seen Mentally Ill, which is from this one. Mm-hmm. Of course, white supremacist mm-hmm. and misogynistic. Yeah. And uh, I can't think of, of any others, but like those are the ones that, that come up to the yeah. front of my brain. Meet, it, by it's it's going to be very entertaining. This is going to be a very entertaining next month while this deal closes. Because it'll take them a oh, month yeah. to close this deal. So it's going to be very entertaining on Twitter to watch Twitter for the next month. All right, that's enough of Twitter stuff. Let's wander on okay. out. We put a lot of time into that. Let's let's cover up a few things left from the uh, Rona, because after all, it's kung fu fighting. Everybody was kung fu fighting. <laughs> let's go with kung fu fighting. Fighting. Mm-hmm. All right, this is something that annoys the fuck out of me. Okay, this has nothing to do with the Rona, but. If there was a recall on, come on, go to the right page. There's been a recall on air fryers in Canada. Why did they recall 140,000 air fryers? Because they got 68 reports of fire hazards, of fires with them. Now, if you extrapolate out the 68 dangerous reports, we'll just simplify it and say dangerous reports. You extrapolate that out to the numbers of the vaccine. How come that hasn't been recalled? You know, That's a good question. Granted, there's been billions of vaccines given, but there's been millions and millions 
of bad responses to it. The vaccine. Oh, yeah. So why didn't they recall it? It's just like, I look at it and go, we'll, we'll, we'll recall air fryers over a small amount of possible fires, but yet we won't recall a vaccine because it's killing people, making them sick, giving them diseases and other things. Well, how else are they going to get their funding? I know. I just like, <laughs> but I see this shit and I'm like, okay, so we, we know who has the freaking money. Mm-hmm. All right, here you go. You've got one here from the hard push. From the insider, a top U.S. vaccine researcher says he doesn't blame unvaccinated people for their skepticism. I can't see where, I can see where it can be extremely confusing. Really? Yes, this is from Mr. Rick Bright, a lifelong researcher on pandemics and about how his mother died from the COVID and how poorly behaved Americans were during the pandemic. Though he doesn't blame the unvaxxed in his new book because mm -hmm. he understands how all the misinformation must have been very confusing. Yeah, more like the... When I was, re when I was reading the words he was saying in this interview, I felt like he was responding to a fourth, uh, a fourth grader. Yeah, well. The way he was talking, the tone that, that he portrayed, the words he chose. Like I was reading an interview done by a fourth grader. Mm -hmm. And it's all about his new book and why he wrote the new book. And yeah, but this unfortunately is what a lot of people seem to be reading. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's... I thought it was going to be better than this because it does talk about um, it. I, I thought it talked about the uh, financial reasons for for rolling out the vac soon, mm -hmm. but nope. No, no. Didn't really seem to have anything useful in it. No, it never does. It's just to confuse people further about what's been going on. Mm -hmm. All right, you've got from Wired for MNRA. COVID vaccines are just the beginning. Oh, yeah, we know that. Because as, yeah. no, as no agenda has said a few times, they've been talking about the, this wish list of getting an MNR, MNRA vaccines out there for a couple of decades. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is they could well, never get it to the they could never get it to the point where they could test it on humans because it kept killing the animals that they tested on. This time around, yeah. they completely bypassed the animal testing. One, by killing them all, and the other, by scaring everybody into thinking that this is their one life-saving thing that they need. Yeah, uh, it got released 10 years ahead of schedule. Mm -hmm. And uh, <clears throat> this, is, uh, apparently, the mRNA vaccine was actually created by Catalin Carrico. She created it with her, with her team. And... Apparently, it wasn't even her intention to create a vaccine. She was actually trying to create something to help with other illnesses, not a vaccine, but something that would help combat things. Mm -hmm. So not not like a vaccine, kind of like the old school version of vaccines where you yeah. introduce the virus into your system and your system learns to fight it. Yeah, well. What, what she was trying to do, she was trying to make it so that you could introduce this into your, into your system along with the with the live virus and it would boost your system against the virus, which yeah. is how they're saying this works, but it doesn't seem to be the way it's working. Yeah, well, that's the whole thing. 
It's, it's like that. But what the interesting thing is what little I know, and I don't know a whole hell of a lot about MNRA vaccines, but what little I do know right now, and then you might want to study them yourselves out there for those of you that do come listen to the show, is that the MNRA vaccine, it goes in and it rewrites your RNA, which is the code that your DNA uses to replicate your cells. Mm -hmm. So it actually changes your genetic makeup over time. And that's what this is. And their original intent from what I do know about it was to be able to change people's DNA to combat major diseases like cancers and other things that the body will identify it. And they've been trying to do this for a while. And they've been unable to do human testings because they could never get past the animal testings. Because I said, the, the animals kept dying on them. So they could never move forward. But with this advancement of this fake scamdemic, they scared everybody into taking this thing. And you got to think that, and it's been proven a few times. We don't have any of the links here in the show notes, but... Uh, the patents on the COVID virus and other things existed before the COVID virus was ever public. Oh, yeah. You know, so it's, it's not like the stuff wasn't there. They just managed to make everyone think it wasn't there. Hey, I just had a brain connection. Um, have you ever watched the show Sweet Tooth on Prime? No, or that might that be on is. Netflix. I can't remember which, which it's on. Sweet Tooth is um, it's a TV show about how people's DNA were changing in ways that were unexplainable. And children started being born with animalistic uh, accoutrements. Like hmm. uh, the main character has attributes of a deer and is born with antlers hmm. and deer ears. Hmm. Uh, so... That's an interesting, it was an interesting show. It was well done. But what you were just talking about with it changing the DNA, I hadn't even thought about the fact that it's literally changing your genetic makeup. And that was what had happened in the show was that something that they had taken to combat an illness had changed their genetic makeup, causing the animals, the yeah. animalistic people. Well, who knows? So, who I knows guess we what's going to happen? Keeping an eye out for deer antlers on babies. Yeah, well, we may have that problem. Who knows what's going to happen over time? It's going to be very entertaining. Going to be very entertaining over time to see what happens and see what changes. I just know I don't have to worry about it because, you know, I've managed to avoid that uh, magical elixir. <laughs> and at the moment, it doesn't matter. I actually had a good time last weekend. I went out for drinks, met some people, had a grand old time. That was loads of fun. It was uh, great to actually go out to a bar have beers and wings and meet people and act like normal human beings and meet some strangers get hugs from strangers like normally time you know it's like wow this is i, I forgot how enjoyable it was to go out it's like it was my first <laughs> time going out in like a year and a half maybe longer yeah it's pretty awesome yeah i forgot i forgot how much fun it can be all right one more item covid19 tracker U.S. government will make Pfizer's Paxilid available at all pharmacies. Is that the 
Oh, this is their new fucking pill, isn't it? I, from what I understand, yes, it's their new pill. And they are really, really pushing this pill. Like, I've been hearing commercials about it. I've been hearing, like, I've been hearing commercials in Canada about it. And it's everywhere. I don't hmm. know why the pills are so big. Oh, because it's a moneymaker. Because the vaccine isn't going to make a moneymaker aside from all the money the governments have promised to them already. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, yeah, it's weird that it's they're anti, all it's gone an anti -vi like, it's an a anti pill will help. It's an antiviral. Mm -hmm. It's an antiviral. In other words, it's ivermectin-style pill, but it's a mm -hmm. patentable drug. See, the problem with ivermectin is it wasn't patentable. It was out of patent. So they, yeah. couldn't, they couldn't charge ridiculous sums for it and make shitloads of money off of it because it was no longer in patent. Anyone who has the machinery can make it. So this is a new pill, and it's an antiviral pill, which is supposedly going to protect you against um, against it. And the eligibility criteria are pretty expansive, so All you right. too can get the pill and feed it to your child. All right, getting some getting some texts from uh, from the peanut gallery. And uh, I'm not going to look these up right now to bring to the show, but uh, avian flu suspected as BC farmer loses 80% of the chicken flock. Notice the word suspected. And yeah. I, I'm not going to read the article right now. And then backyard chicken owners have a role to play in preventing spread of avian flu. Yes, yes, I'm sure they do. Fuck off. <laughs> they want to take away our chickens. They want to take away everything that makes it. My chickens don't exist. I lost you my chickens. You will own nothing and be happy. I lost my chickens in a boating accident. <laughs> I don't think they'll believe it if they hear if they hear the the egg song. That's my tape recorder going back there. That's what it is. I want to remember <laughs> my chickens, so I've got a tape player going to remind me of the chickens in the backyard. They don't really exist. These are not the chickens you're looking for. <laughs> Let's see if I can do Jedi mind trick on the morons that'll come inspecting. Oh, you know, just make sure that you tell them that you identify as female and that you're two spirit and <laughs> you'll probably win. Oh, that go. reminds me. Uh, Canada has gone full retard with that kind of thing. Oh, do you got an article on that one? Yeah, it's in the Great Reset under Canada going full retard. Oh, Canada going Universe full retard. There you go. Yeah. University of Waterloo limits science position to women, transgender, non-binary, non or two-spirit. Oh, no so, sexism here. It's so not if sexist if we straight, do it. Hmm? If, you're, if you're straight, gay? If you are straight and white, or only male or female, you know, uh, only male or female, and... Well, that, then you're just kind of screwed because it, according to what it has limited its qualifications to, you can't get this job unless you are I, trans, non-binary, two-spirit, or female. I like the start of the article. May I remind you, ladies and gentlemen, this is not the B. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> you would think only the B would come up with this shit, but no, no. This is real life, folks. Yeah. Uh, 
So you can't be a male straight professor or yeah. white. Well, I don't know. It didn't really say anything about, about color, so never mind about the white, but you can't be a straight professor well, or a male professor. Well, you won't be able to be white either because, you know, you've got to self-identify as transgender, non-binary, or two-spirited. So I yes. guess you could be male. No, 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 no. They, they've, they've already eliminated male here. You can't be male because you got to identify, self-identify as a woman. Exactly. You can't be straight because you must identify as a transgender or two-spirited or non-binary. No, it's non women or transgender or non-binary or two-spirited. Yes, but see, this I, I'm eliminating the normal people in the world. First, men are eliminated because yes. you've got to identify as a woman. Straight people are eliminated because you have to be transgender, non-binary, or two-spirit, which is all part of the LGBTQIAPWXYZ. You know, yeah. I'm really confused about this new meaning for two-spirit because my understanding of two-spirit were people like me who they have a very masculine or feminine yeah. spirit within them alongside of their own spirit. Yes. It doesn't mean that they are anything else except well, very balanced with their the, yin and yang. The, the, way they, the way it's been re-identified in the last mm, five or ten years is that it was the First Nations way of saying you were bisexual, bisexual or gay. You have oh. two spirits. You had two spirits and you wanted bisexual or you were gay because you were two spirits. You were a male, but you wanted male partners or you were... That is not what uh, I learned. I know. That's not what it was, but that's how it's been re-identified. That's how that's it's been disturbing. redefined. Yes, it's very disturbing. It's very disturbing. So we've eliminated men. We've eliminated straight people. Um, so I guess if you're a woman, you can get it. If you're transgender, it doesn't. Yep. It, it, but if you're if you're non-binary, it's, yeah, it's confusing. So I guess if you're gay, you could still get it. You, you technically fall sort of into the non-binary or two spirit. So you, well, you just can't be male and straight. Is basically what this is is male and straight. They don't they don't specify whether you're whether you're white or black. So. No, they don't. White colored or whatever. So so I guess you can be white, but as long as you're a woman, transgender, non-binary, and, and you, as long as you self-identify that way. But you see, that's what gets me too, is because it says those who self-identify as women, does that mean that natural born women who are straight are not allowed? No. Because I allowed. mean, I don't self-identify, no, I no. just simply am. Well, yeah, but they're allowed because this is saying... Of the following, you must be either a woman, transgender, non-binary, or two-spirit. That's four separate things. So if you're born a woman and you self-identify as a woman, you're set. Okay. Yeah, you're, you're all set. You're good. It's me it's it's messed up logic. It, it, it is messed up logic. The logic is totally fucked. You have to take it apart piece by piece. And once you take it apart piece by piece, you know, you finally go, okay, I understand it now. But they're fucking, if you do it to them, their mind goes fucking into mush and they just fall into the earth. And Yeah, well. Oh my gosh. Uh, my partner and I were on the bus uh, the other day and we were just, we were talking about stuff like this. And uh, we were talking about, you know, the, the double speak, the backwards logic, the memory holes that are popping up everywhere. Mm -hmm. And there is this guy who was sitting next to us, and it looked like he wanted to say something a few times. And then 
we mentioned something. I wish I could remember what it was that I had said, but like the blood just drained out of his face and he faced forward very, very forcefully and put his music on mm-hmm. and like shifted in his seat far away from us, as far away from us as he could get. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, wow, we're really just talking about ideas and philosophies and theories. And it's like, wow, mm-hmm. that, that having that kind of reaction. Here you go. Here's to, a. Good- uh, Keep going. I don't remember what I was saying. What something about cut the action? Something, something about to cut the action. I don't remember. Okay, well, I I made one comment and it blew your whole fucking train apart, man. I derailed you with one half-ass comment. I know it's that, terrible when it happens, but it does sad. happen. All right, here here's the explanation in the article about the two spirited stuff. I like this. This is actually pretty decent. You can also apply, if you are two-spirited, this term is touted by the woke cultists to refer to certain tribal groups that created their own terms for the more frilly and dandy men among them. The reason they use this term is that they want to prove how barbaric Western civilization is. What with its strong emphasis on a moral code that holds dear the biological role of masculine fathers and feminine mothers in a monogamous, fateful relationships. Hmm. That that kind of tears it down for you. Yep. So, yeah, that's kind of insane. Yeah, Canada's been full retard for some time, and it's just getting worse. Yeah, but it's being all, like, public with it rather than hiding in the closet with it. It's yeah, weird. I know. Canadians are usually so good about hiding all the bad stuff in the closet. Yeah. Well, that's really what it is. Since we're here on Canada, let's go with what a true dick, true ditty it is. Absolutely. Since we no longer follow any particular format here, just whatever happens to come up really cool. (laughs) Come on, load. Uh Uh-oh, I choked it. You overwhelmed it. I overwhelmed it. Got too much stuff open. All right. This was on April 20th. True idiot blaming the immigration, blaming immigration for Canada's housing bubble. Suggesting that Hmm. millennials rent, own, or find a small condo near transit as a starter home. Next question. Good morning, Prime Minister. Jeff Outhit from the Waterloo Region Record. Uh, I want to return to housing for a second here. Uh, my son, 25 years old, still lives at home with us. College grad, good paying job. He laughs off the idea that he'll ever own a house, a detached house like the one he lives in now, that we were able to afford 25 years ago. He just thinks it's a joke. The housing prices are ridiculous. There's no way he's ever going to be able to afford that. Hey, watch, watch Trudeau's head. He's, he's shaking his head because he goes, yep, you're right. Yep, you're right. Yep, you're right. Yep, yep you're right. <laughs> Watch their actions. Watch their actions, folks. Never pay attention to their words. Pay attention to their actions because their actions will always show the truth. Which it would take crippling for life. So I want to ask your thoughts on that. Those, uh, you know, people starting out in their 20s and early 30s. Uh, what do you say to them? Do you say give up on detached ownership and go for something smaller? And it's a You see that? You know? Give up on detached ownership and his head went, yes, yes, yes. He's- Nodding, nodding his head. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. Give it up. Give it up. <laughs> it's like, fuck. Ever going to get there? Let me ask uh, how you feel about it. Uh, 
Obviously, I've heard from uh, Canadians like your son uh, across the country. Uh, shaking his head. No, I've not heard by any. I've not heard from anyone. I don't really give a fuck. <laughs> who are really worried about the housing market, who wonder whether or not they'll ever be able to afford a home. One of the challenges we're facing in Canada is our population uh, with immigration uh, and other things. Have okay, get that. Our population with immigration. Yet he's increasing yeah. the amount of immigration into Canada. Oh, yeah. And he gives them better benefits than he gives his own people. Oh, absolutely. But the thing is, we're facing a population boom with immigration, but yet we're going to immigrate even more people to the country. Mm -hmm. Has been growing over the past years, and housing construction hasn't kept up. Well, housing construction can only do so much to keep up. I don't care how hard you try. Part of the problem is part of the immigrants' deal is they get a house given to them. Yeah, so, I'm not so sure about that, but they do get a lot of benefits. I'd like to see well, that. If one it's a writing. large enough family that manages to immigrate, it yeah. is uh, that they get a house given to them. Yeah, okay. Uh, which uh, is a real problem. And that's why one of the initiatives we're working on, $4 billion towards municipalities. In He's given $4 billion to municipalities. Ooh. Langford, <laughs> Langford's getting it all. <laughs> yeah, well, we do have Costco. <laughs> yeah. In order to double the construction of new housing over the coming years, uh, this is something that uh, is going to help. Uh, whether it's uh, enough or directly uh, going to be helping your son, uh, we'll have to see because there's not just one program that's going to help anyone. There's. As he shake his head, nope, not going to help him in the fucking least. <laughs> Hang on. He says that we're doubling the amount of construction, but she's asking about a detached home ownership. He's talking about condos and apartments. Yeah, wait till we get to that part. We're almost there. It's going to be a range of programs, from uh, programs of renting to own uh, that we've launched as well in this budget. Renting to own. Ooh, there's a scam. So much so. I've done the math, man. You end up paying three times the amount of what they're asking for when you buy it outright with it's, a mortgage. It's like renting furniture to own. Yeah. It's like, it's like rent to own your furniture. You get cheap-ass furniture cost you three times, four times what it would have cost if you'd have bought it outright. It's a scam. Mm -hmm. From programs uh, that are helping the first-time homebuyers uh, with uh, increased incentives uh, and reduction in their mortgage costs. Uh, initiatives uh, to build uh, greater density, particularly around public transit that are going to allow people to get into the housing market with uh, their first uh, starter condo, starter home. These are the kinds of things that get people's toes in the door. Um, we know that young people need to be able to build the stable base with which they want to start a family, give their future kids the kinds of opportunities that their parents worked hard to give them. And that's what uh, this budget and this focus of the government is on right now. But That's it. Get a, get a small condo near transit as you start her home. Yeah, no. Yeah, so essentially, go rent a closet, take the bus, be happy. Yep. Pretty much. It's always kind of fucked. I do like the assistance that he gives first-time homebuyers. The problem well, is... is The first-time homebuyer stuff... So the first-time homebuyer stuff existed before he came into office. 
From what I can tell, he's boosted it a bit, and I think mm. that's great. But the only reason he did it is because there's so few people who are even bothering to try because of the crazy skyrocketing prices. He's yeah. probably saving money even after making the offers better. Oh, yeah. All right. What else do I have on Canada? Speaking of which, I saw an article. Um, I wasn't able to grab it because I don't have the ability to get the subscription to um, – insider mm. but it's an article about how the housing market is seems to have reached its peak because housing prices are coming back down i've been saying that either this year or next the next year, housing market next is year next year next year it's going to crash that's yeah. my that's my prediction is next year it'll crash because it's all reminding me of 2000 right now it's reminding me of 2007 Mm-hmm. And seeing what happened in 2007 and uh, the cycle of the crash. And uh, 2007 took us to 2014, which takes us to 21, 22, right? Yeah, seven years apart. So 2008 was when everything crashed. So add seven years to that, you get to what, 2015. You add seven years to that, you get what, 2022? Mm-hmm. It's a seven-year cycle. It's part of the seven-year cycle, and it's the uh, the Jewish Shemitah year. If you want to go look it up, look up the Jewish Shemitah year, and you will see every seven years a cycle of boosting up in the sixth year of the cycle, and then in the seventh year, it boosts, it crashed, it boosts and crashed throughout most of the seventh year, and then at the end of the seventh year, there's massive crash and then that crash lasts for about three or four years after the end of the Shemitah year and then it starts building again Mm. and ever since the Shemitah year was stuck in my head and I did some research on it and I realized it because I saw it in 2006 and 2007 because 2006 was a year after I'd bought my condo with my ex-wife and of course i went through some troubles at that point there i had a business and other things and i I managed to survive it all just fine but i ended up in i ended up in more debt than i should have at that time and throughout the 2013-14 crash uh 13 14 15 crash which wasn't as bad i was in no shape to do anything and then this time around, it started out, it started boosting in 2021, 2020, and it, get, it hit its peak throughout 2021 and 2022. It's, it's, kind of, it's kind of doing the rise and fall crash right now. And I'm basing it on the stock market for my own investments. And it's rising and falling on a, on a daily and weekly basis right now. But in September, okay. in September of this year, at the end of the Shemitah year in September is when it's going to crash massively is my prediction. You know, don't take any advice from me. I'm not a uh, financial expert by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just a person that likes to observe and pay attention to cycles and observation of cycles of the world because everything on the planet in existence, the universe is in cycles and those cycles there are patterns i i i notice patterns i've always noticed patterns the problem is is i've not always been able to take advantage of the patterns Mm -hmm. this this time around i'm in a slightly better position to take advantage of the patterns and hopefully i'll come out better this time than i did last time 
thing is, is if you can identify these patterns early enough in life, you can be massive shape by the time you hit your 40s and 50s. And you know those patterns very well. I wish I didn't notice these patterns much earlier in life. But that's what we've got. We've got patterns. And we're going to, we should, I, I expect next year the housing market will crash. I don't know if it'll crash back down to what it was in 2020, but it's going to get close. You know, because you got to remember. Which will make it a lot more possible to it'll, do things. It'll make it more possible to do things. You got to remember the problem we have right now is we also have massive runaway inflation going on right now. We, yeah. We also have the, the, deliberate destruction of our food chain of our supply lines for everything and it's anyone who doesn't think it's deliberate destruction is fucking blind because it's it's out well, and out deliberate destruction you can only have so many processing plants crashed into by planes mm -hmm. in a row before it is no longer random yeah and um i have a whole bunch of that under the great reset Let's see, here it is. Here you go. Actually, I don't have much. I, I have one article. We've already talked about it a little bit, but there is a pattern of fires that have striked food facilities across the USA, which suggests that arson teams were at work. But yeah. there's a listing of when these fires occurred. Starting in October 2021, a dried milk plant went up in flame. A food processing plant in San Antonio in December. A JBS beef plant went up in December. A Mississippi poultry plant, a uh, poultry feed mill in December 2021. A Hamilton Montana Mountain poultry processing plant in January 2022. An El, Com El Compete feed mill fire in Louisiana in 2022. Bonanza Meat Company in El Paso, Texas, shares food. And this is just, it just, this is a big list. You know, this is an awful lot of fires at food processing plants in a short period of time. You know, it's three or four every month. Yeah. And what's interesting about it is, you know, I've seen some stuff on Twitter and other places. Oh, these fires happen. There's, you know, X hundreds of number of processing plants. Fires happen. It's like, yeah, they do but not at this rate, not in this short period of time, this many processing plants. And some of these are pretty key plants, I think. You know, especially oh, yeah. a fertilizer plant, a grain elevator, um, a food processing plant in Canada, a potato processing plant, a Walmart distribution center. A Walmart distribution center. You know how much damage that does to Walmart? This has got to be planned and orchestrated because the only one that doesn't quite match the pattern is the first one. My theory is the first one happened by accident. It sucked, but it gave them the idea and yeah. they've been using that yeah. idea the first, the rest the, of the time. The first one was two months previous to the next one. And all the rest of them, you got December, December, December of 2020. That's three. January, January of 2022. That's two. February, February, February. That's three in February. Uh, March, one, two, three, four in March. April, this month. So far this month, one, two, three, four, five. Mm -hmm. Five this month. There's a pattern. There's a pattern here, folks. The only one that doesn't fit the pattern is the, the first dried one. milk plant. 
Yeah, but I don't know if they went far enough back. Ah, uh, that could be it. You know, they might they they might have gone back to the beginning of 2021 to see because you got to remember it was in 2021 that they started destroying our destroying our supply lines. Yes. You know, because you got to remember, it, some of our supply lines, our supply lines were starting to hurt by the end of 2020. At the after the lockdowns first started, they started damaging the supply lines, and then of course the first major damage to our supply lines was the great big dick that was shoved up the ass of um, of the uh, Suez Canal. And that one there, by by saying big dick that was shoved up the ass. People tracked that ship because the ship sent out a transponder and they tracked that ship as it was entering the Suez Canal and it, it circled around and when you connected all the dots for all the transponder, it showed a great big dick and then what looked like ass cheeks as it was shoved into the Suez Canal. <laughs> Seriously. Let me see if I can find that one. That is pretty awesome, and also disturbing imagery. Oh yeah, it was it was actually quite it was actually quite. Well, first time I saw this, so, oh shit, this is fucking absolute, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, there it is. Hang on a second. Elephant size, no lube. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, elephant size, no lube. That's pretty much what it was. All right. Now, granted, they were a little off-center on their... On their entry point? On their entry point. <laughs> <laughs> poor person, poor person uh, receiving the uh, jammed-up selection was uh, going to be in a little bit of pain because it didn't enter straight. There you go. <laughs> Look at it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that is what that ship drew before it rammed itself into the Suez Canal, and that's pretty much what you would expect, too. It would bend the dick and cram it in sideways, and it'd get bent and jammed. <laughs> but that's what it drew. It's like, that was, um, no, that was no fucking accident. <laughs> There's no way that was an accident. <laughs> so... So yeah, they've been damaging our supply lines for two years almost, and it's it's getting worse. And now with you know the prices of everything going up, the fact we're not going to have fertilizer and everything else, we are in a world of hurt headed our way. For those that aren't prepared, you almost have run out of time. I would say you have till the end of summer. If you don't have yourself prepared by the end of summer, that's when everyone's going to wake up. When the harvests start coming in, in September, that's when everybody's going to wake up because it can no longer be ignored when the harvests come in this year. Yep. They can't ignore it. And it's it picking up that. pace, too. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. They're not doing it sneakily anymore like they did last year. They're really picking up the pace. I mean, five Yeah. this yeah. month. Yeah, they, 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 can't, they can't do it sneakily anymore. They have to go, they have to go full-blown on it now. Mm. All right. Here we go. I've got one here. It'll take us into another little realm. Society it is messed up. The comments show it all. Hmm. 
Oh, yes. fuck. It got deleted. That sucks. That sucks. Okay, well, so much for that one. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm not going to be able to use that one. I guess the real Mac report is being banned by Twitter, so Twitter's still playing its games, or the person took so much flack they ban- they deleted it. Oh, they probably just bailed. Yeah. All right, well, whatever. I guess I can't use that one. I'm always sad when that happens. Yeah. All right. Let's go with a libtard melts down. Because mm-hmm. we like watching libtards melt down. Because it's always entertaining. It really is. <laughs> it truly is. It truly is to watch libtards melt down. Oh, teachers and their meltdowns are always entertaining. Oh, yeah. This one's great. Transphobia is a serious illness, and unfortunately, there isn't a vaccine for it yet. <laughs> well, you're oh, right. my gosh. It is a serious illness, dude. Absolutely. It, transphobia is a serious illness. Okay. Oh, transphobia. Oh, sorry. I heard trans is a serious illness. I didn't hear the phobia. Sorry. Okay. Let's, let's continue. When a kid wearing a racist Make America Great Again hat made fun of me and said that me being myself was a Halloween costume. (laughs) 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 And even though Donald Trump is not in office, the disease of Trumpism has spread across our stolen land. All right, I, I can't handle any more of that, but... You know, you this know. is a parody. What's that? Everyone, this is a parody, but sadly, there are teachers out there who think like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I still can't handle you, it, parody or not. No. All right, diversity, hard at work here. Oh, dear. Oh, this one here. I think we brought, oh, yeah, I saw we, this we brought it to the show. The high school track athlete who got punched by another runner is now considering a lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Let's see if we get the video loaded, if the video still exists. This is this is diversity at its finest. Yeah. You know, which is surprising because, you know, black people can normally run faster than white people. The video is not going to load. Let's see if the video will load. Come on, video. Loading, loading, loading. Get them doggies loading. There we go. All right. Get rid of the commercial. Well, the couch creature made a noise. Yes, I heard that. <laughs> All right. They're still thinking about loading. There it is. Okay, watch this. There you go. See that? Mm-hmm. He should sue the school for it. Yeah. And others. He was in first, and this dude comes up behind him, manages to almost catch him, and then clocks him. There you go. Right. Look at that. Clocks him right there. Down he goes. And nothing was done about it. Nothing was done about it. 
absolutely nothing was done. The athlete wasn't disqualified. He got to take first place and all that other shit. So let's hope the guy who got clocked does sue. Not that he'll get any money from the guy who clocked him because the guy who clocked him probably has no money. But you can't yeah, sue it the makes school. A point. It makes a point and other things on it. But that is diversity at its finest, folks. All right, leftards are hard at work. I've got to bring this one because I can't bring it to our other show. And I really would have. I really wanted to bring this one to our other show. <laughs> but I'm behaving there on the other show. Yes, I wanted to bring it to our other show too, but I didn't either. I didn't even bring it and put in the extras because, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is how retarded. I, I have this bad feeling for WordPress. It's getting woker. And it's going to destroy the WordPress ecosystem. Mm -hmm. Or it's going to destroy the WordPress core files. I just have this bad feeling that it's going to damage it to no end. WordPress has updated its COVID-19 guidelines for in-person events. Masks are strongly recommended. Okay, I can get behind that statement. I have no problem with that. We strongly recommend masks, but if you don't want them, don't wear them. You know, you do you. But they're taking it a whole step further, which I found fucking just insanity. All right. If you go have a WordCamp, if you run a WordCamp, they're going to offer up a sticker for people that wear the sticker. They're requesting people to wear a mask near them. Please wear a mask while you're within six feet of that person or keep your distance. I generally There's our yellow star. What's that? There's our yellow star. I bet yep. you the sticker is yellow. Oh, probably. I wouldn't, mm -hmm. I wouldn't doubt it if they made it yellow, not, not understanding the irony behind it. You know, they're requesting you only attend in person if you are vaccinated or have recently tested negative. Now, this one here, I can get behind. Stay at home if you are sick or have recently come in contact with someone who is ill. Well, I, I, don't, go, I don't get behind to be, come in contact with someone who is ill. You don't always know if you've come in contact with someone who is ill. You know, no, but if you're sick, stay home. If you're sick, stay home. I can get behind that. I've always been, that's totally. been my, I've always been behind that. It's like for my own employees, I've always said, hey, you're sick, stay away. I don't want you here. I don't want you spreading <laughs> your germs. You know, they call me up. I'm sick. I'm sorry, Boston. No, don't apologize to me. You're sick. Stay the fuck home. Don't, don't, don't come near me. I don't want you near me if you're sick. I can get behind that 100%. I don't care what Absolutely. sickness you have, man, whether it's a cold, a flu, the new so-called Rona, or, you know, you've got the trots. I don't care. You're sick. Stay the fuck away. The only ones who get to come near you when they're sick are the children who become clingy. Yeah, well, you have no choice about your children. You really don't. <laughs> You, you can't you can't kick your children away from you as much as you want to. how many cuddles you get though oh yeah you get lots of cuddles when they're sick because you know they they just want <laughs> parents you know uh, but yeah I, I get behind that it's, it's just insane but yeah it's like I've seen this shit in WordPress and I'm like oh, fuck you guys are you guys are destroying this you guys are it, it's going down the fucking tubes I'm really hoping Don't to wear a yellow sticker yeah wear your yellow star. All right. 
Let's call on to a couple other things here. See what else we got that hasn't been covered. Stuff we need to cover that we haven't covered in a while. What's this? Bird? Bird? No. Plain? No. Potato? What? <laughs> this is actually a pretty cool one. Uh, it is a recently taken high-res uh, high-res video from Mars. It's it shows Phobos, one of Mars's two moons, eclipsing the sun. The sun, and it looks like a potato. Oh, okay. It's Martin, really cool. Martin I solar, to... Martian solar eclipse looks like a potato. It does kind of look like a potato. <laughs> yeah, it's a solar eclipse. It looks like a potato. <laughs> you know what's interesting about that mm. is how come the Earth has a moon that perfectly fits over the sun? The the moon is exactly four hundred times smaller than the Earth, and this and I think the Earth is like I think it's a very similar. Yeah, but think about uh, this. For, think about this for a moment. What are the probabilities of that happening? I watched a movie recently, and it was all about how the moon is a uh, a giant machine. I can't remember what he called it, but yeah. essentially it's it's a giant artificial. machine that was created by our ancestors in order to keep things in check. Ah, but see, there's also another theory. Okay. Moonrise, that's what the movie's called. It's actually okay. really good. But there's also another theory that goes with that. Hmm. I should dig into that one. I've been down this rabbit hole before. So that's why it's popped into my head because of this. Because I went down this rabbit hole one time when I was bored. And there's a rabbit hole you can go down that says the moon didn't exist until a thousand years or more into our current future. But hmm. they traveled back in time to place the moon around the earth. And well, every First Nations it, has their own story about the moon being created uh, by one of their gods or deities in order yeah. to help the, yes. the villagers to feed themselves, to bring yes. the fish to them. Bring the fish to them because there are, there are, there are First Nations, um, Aborigines, whatever, all over the globe that have a mythology of the time before the moon. Mm hmm so and what this rabbit hole i went down was that the moon is an artificial construct that is a perfect mm -hmm. size fit to create the eclipses and to create the tides and the gravitational to cause the oceans to do what they do but it didn't exist until several thousand years into our future when it was created but it was placed, they time-traveled and placed it back in our past. Interesting. Because, of There's, course, they, they, they say the technology didn't exist to create it back then, but the technology won't exist for several thousand years, and they had to create it, but they had to place it in our past for it to impact the planet properly. So it's a, it's a really interesting rabbit hole to go down. Not saying I believe uh, much of it, but it is kind of fascinating when you think about the fact that our moon is unique in all of the planets that we know of with moons, that our moon is the only one that is perfectly spherical and is balanced to the point that when it eclipses our planet, it completely covers 
our sun. The idea they brought forth in Moonrise is that it is essentially an ark and it has all of the seeds, all of the everything hmm. needed to create uh need to create life. And uh the idea they that, that they presented there was that our ancestors are not from this solar system, but they had created something that were that had had turned on them mm -hmm. and they built these things and sent them out to find other planets running on ai essentially mm -hmm. they sent them out to find other planets to inhabit because they were dying and our planet happened to be one of the prop uh, one of the good places and mm -hmm. so the moon actually created the planet mm -hmm. and it takes care of the planet by continuing to orbit around us and it does so with essentially a uh Gy gyrosphere gy i can't remember the name hmm. but uh it, it does it with uh it's a white dwarf that mm -hmm. is inside of the moon that mm -hmm. is powering the moon interesting that's it's a such a cool idea and it's like oh hey that's yeah, a totally well, there, different there's, idea there's lots of interesting theories about how it all works it really mm -hmm. is i do i do find it fascinating all right let's go check out your weird alien like creature on Australia's shores because Australia has got weird alien creatures all over the place so why would this be any different I think it's just a dead kangaroo well probably it might not be yeah well let's see is it an alien or just oh gee it looks like a dead kangaroo <laughs> Extraterrestrial oh fuck off you stupid what is that? That is, is that is Siri. I said something that kicked her into gear. She kicked up she something. She wanted to be part of the show. She wanted to be part of the show. She kicked up something about evolution. I, I never know why or how it works on here. For some reason, I never turned on <laughs> Siri. One of my boys did that to me, and I haven't gotten around to figure out how to shut it off on my iPad. But yeah, that looks <laughs> well, like a something else that keeps the show entertaining. It does. Every once in a while, it kicks up to decide it wants to get in on the show. All right. So yeah, I think it's a dead kangaroo, that's a dead but kangaroo. it could also be an alien form. It, it, well, that's because the the skull is exposed. You can't see the rest of the kangaroo, but the body indicates kangaroo. Fuck Australians. <laughs> All right. Scientists think there could be an alien life on one of Jupiter's moons. Well, there could very well be, because some of Jupiter's moons are almost inhabitable. Well, here they're talking about Europa, which has water, hmm. nutrients, and oxygen. Yeah. The problem is that the oxygen and water are separated by a thick sheet of ice, but thanks to a lot of conjecture and, and a paper, there is a working theory on how the oxygen could penetrate Europa's ice shell and reach the water beneath, thus allowing for life. Yeah, well, it could happen. Who knows? Good. That's an interesting Just one to dig into. It was a rabbit hole I fell down for a little while. Yeah. The moon wobble of 2030. Yes, I forgot to mention that. This is uh, something that is coming our way in 2030. Back to the moon. <laughs> Back to the moon, man. This is the moon has a bit of a wobble to it. Mm -hmm. And we're expecting the next wobble to peak in 2030. And Does it wobble away or towards us? Uh, 
I don't remember from the article now. It's been a couple of weeks since I brought this article in, but it's supposed to bring ultra high tides. And it's probably coming closer. Yeah, it's gonna supposed to bring ultra high tides, cause flooding, and all kinds of other things. Excuse me. You know, it's a slight orbital shift that the moon goes through from time to time, just like the Earth goes through an orbital shift of the sun. Mm -hmm. And it uh, causes, you know, sea level changes that occur over time. So I thought it was kind of an interesting. And on that on that thing here, and I think we'll end this one tonight with the Hopi Blue Star. I need to bring some stuff in on the Hopi Blue Star because the Hopi Blue Star is due here in June, July of this year. Uh, July of 2022. Now, one of the original articles that things that stays here on the notes on a regular basis is this YouTube video of the Hopi Blue Star. And the Hopi Blue Star is a comet that was noticed in 2016-17. So far out of our solar My system. Improved after oh, I go away. I don't care about your oh, more paid promotion. Ads, 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 ads. Every time I load a <laughs> YouTube video, I've got two dozen ads. It's because they love you. Recorded yeah. in the country. Reverse jet yeah. streams. Extreme heat after extra tropical cyclone in Norway Come on, where are you freezing at? in the Balkans termed once in a lifetime stratospheric clouds and are you ready for the blue star Kachina return let's there take a go. look at where it's at the beginning of 2020 yeah this art this this video was done in 2020 by um, adapt 2030 because he's one of the first people I noticed talking about the Hopi blue star or the Comet K2, as it's known. And I've been trying to keep tabs on it. And throughout, since we started the show, we've touched on it here and there in different shows. And um, K2 is due to be passing the Earth in July of 2022, this year. Now, Same time we go into that... Square of gas giants. Same time we go into the square of gas giants, changing the gravitational field of the Earth. We have so many things coming together in July of this year. And K2 is going to come through. Now, according to this article, it's not supposed to be viewable by the naked eye, but you should be able to see it with binoculars and a telescope. But I'm kind of betting that we're going to see it with the naked eye. It's like what surprises me. Yeah, it's freaking me, huge. It's freaking huge, and it's coming by the Earth. And they don't tell us the distance in here that it's expected at. I don't remember seeing the distance in here, but All this is they're not sure. They might not be. But what's funny about this is like they still keep popping up. The picture from 2017. It's like don't they have more up to date pictures of it yet? They probably do, but if they show it any larger than that, people might freak. Yeah, well, so that's what gets me. Is like every time I see this, it's like, why aren't we seeing more up-to-date pictures? All we're seeing is these drawings on the maps where you can see it in the sky. It's like there's got to be more up-to-date pictures from the Hubble, Hubble telescope to show us where this is at in the sky. But so far, nothing really. But it is going to be interesting. I am going to be looking for it to see if I can find it. It's supposed to be appearing in the uh, Scorpius, around uh, Scorpius, right at the tail of Scorpius. You can see Scorpius here. 
and K2 is going to be up here at the tail of Scorpius. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be very interesting. You know, Aren't we also officially transitioning into the next age this we've, summer? We've already transitioned. It was last year we transitioned oh, okay. into Aquarius. Last year in December, I think it was. I think it was in 2020, December of 2020, um, or it might have been 2019. 2019 or 2020 was when we hit the first degree of uh, of the age of Aquarius. We are officially in the age of Aquarius now. Oh, okay. We, we are no longer in the age of Pisces, which is, of course, why we're having the change of religion right now. You know, I really hope it's not the uh, uh, the pagan god that I brought to the show last week that ends up winning out because I don't think I could worship that god. Which god was that? Uh, the holy transgender by oh, no. rainbow one. No, no, we're not. I don't remember that from last show, but okay. No, it's not going to be that. It's got to. It's got to be something more acceptable to everybody. You know, look how long it took them to make Christian a religion. From the time Christianity yep. first hit the market, at the change of the age of Taurus to the age of uh, Pisces, it took two hundred and thirty some years for Christianity mm. to be accepted as the primary religion it takes a long time to switch everyone over this is very true thousands of years hundreds not thousands hundreds it took it took a, it okay. took a couple hundred years to switch over to christianity from the beliefs in multiple gods which was the age of taurus sorry not thousands hundreds and because it's only 2600 years between ages so yeah they can't, they can't it's got to it's, it's be done in hundreds not thousands Okay, here's another article on uh, Comet twenty uh, Comet K two, and again, it's always the same photo of Comet K two that was caught by Hubble every time. Mm. You know, so it, these are lots of really good articles I have here, and there's a lot of really good information. If you want to dig deeper into this, you'll find that you can go look up the Hopi prophecy of the blue star. Comet K2 is the first comet in hundreds of years to match all of the stuff that is prophesized in the Hopi, the return of the Hopi blue star. The thing about the Hopi blue star return in their prophecies though, is that humanity is supposed to, supposed to reach a new age of enlightenment. But you have to think about that age of enlightenment in multiple ways. It's like, what is the age of enlightenment? Is it the changing to a new religion, a new belief system? Is it waking up? Is it the change of an age from one age to the next? You know, because of course we have the... Fuck off, Siri! <laughs> She's she, giving you the definition of, of no, no. She found all everything. these. She found me a bunch of websites about the change in the age and changes in age. So Siri's listening to every fucking word I say. You can fuck off, She's, Siri. She just wants to help you. Yeah. She loves you. Uh huh. Yes. Well, at least somebody does. It's all good. And she probably covets your thumbs, like uh -huh. our cats do. Uh huh. So we've got we've got the we've got that, but. 
the Hopi prophecy has a lot. And if it's a change in age going from the processional, the procession of the equinox, which happens every 2,600 years, going from one age to the next age, that could be that. I don't know what the, because the Hopi prophecy is ancient in time, we don't know when the last version in our timeline was that the blue star was here. Maybe it was here 2,600 years ago when we went from the age of Taurus to the age of Pisces. And maybe it's something that comes along every 2,600 years. Maybe it's a 2,600-year comet. We don't know. We have a lot of comets that only show up every few hundred years or every couple thousand years. Mm -hmm. now, granted, we've seen a shitload of them in the last 30 years. I mean, after all, I saw a comet Hale-Bopp, which isn't due to come back for another 400 years or so. So it be interesting if you looked at the pattern of society mm -hmm. every time that these particular comets come by and see if you can recognize any patterns that our society has gone through during the these comets. Oh, you could if you if you dig into it and you can get the history or the mythologies that match the patterns and you can match them to our current calendar. Because you got to remember our calendar is different from every other calendar that was used. We've only been using our current calendar for. When was the Gregorian calendar created? I think it was created in the 11th century or something. You know, um, I don't know when the Gregorian calendar was created, but we've only been using it for, we haven't been using it that long. You know, Romans used a completely different calendar than we use. Yeah. You know, so no calendars really match. The only one that has a consistency was the um, Mayan calendar, which actually counted out the 2600-year cycle. You know, but nobody's used that calendar since the Mayan civilization died. You know, so it's like if you could figure out the changes in societies that occurred at these major events, you could probably pinpoint a pattern. I guarantee there's a pattern. Every time this stuff happens, certain things happen in society because people see shit in the sky and they panic and freak out. Even if even our modern society, we get a modern uh, a big ass comet whip it wasn't biased it's gonna freak us out you know and well, if there's also the fact that I mean if you think about it stars uh, the way the stars are the way the Sun and moon are uh, when a person is born it affects how the person is yeah and the way that stars and um, moons and suns affect us on a day-to-day -day basis yeah. it would make sense that the effect of a comet uh, would affect us in much the same way. It would mm. change the vibrations, change the way that uh, our bodies are pulled on, the way that we are. Mm. So I, I, I'd be interested to see the differences and yeah. the similarities between the ages. It would be, but that would take a serious, serious research, and I don't have that kind of time. All right. No, I don't have that kind of time either, unfortunately. I think we're going to close it out. We've gone a half an hour over the usual showtime. Because we were just having too much fun tonight. <laughs> We've got to close it out with this one here. Because it just seems like it's back, baby. I wish I had uh, it's back, baby, here. Oh, let's go with this one. Hey, man, fist bump. There you go. <laughs> the U.S. FBI six-week six -week cycle appears to be back. And yep. I'm tracking it now. And it started April 12th. So... That should put us into beginning of June. 
some other major event should happen in the United States that the FBI will thwart or claim claim uh, that they helped take care of. And what six-week cycle happened? The miraculous Brooklyn subway shooting that... Where nobody got killed. Where nobody got killed because the guy couldn't fire a bullet to save his life. And the only I mean, reason and the only reason the FBI caught him was he turned himself in. <laughs> he called him up and said, "Yep, come find me here. I'm at a McDonald's waiting for your ass." It's like, seriously? <laughs> and the FBI steps in and claims victory. Hallelujah. Yep. The FBI saved the fucking day. But it's been a while since the FBI has been around, been in the six-week cycle. It's been a while. So I believe that this is the resurgence of the FBI six-week cycle. And well, if you, you know, the war is old news now, so they got to yeah. have something entertaining. So is COVID. COVID's old news now, too. We're still touching on it because we like to make fun of it. But, yeah. So, you know, it is, is what it is. Mm -hmm. But this article here goes on and talks about this 62-year-old man, and it's got some really crazy videos of him trying to go through the outdoor while trying to get in the subway. It's like you look <laughs> at it. And, of course, miraculously, they've got him trying to get on the subway. But inside the subway area where he did all the shooting, strangely enough, all the cameras malfunctioned. All at the same time? All at the wow. same time. There's no footage. It's like, <laughs> go figure. We have no footage. It's like, okay, I believe that. Yeah. Uh -huh. And I believe the sun will rise in the west tomorrow. It's like the, 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 just, the things that come together on this is like, they just make your head shake. It's like, oh, okay. All right. And... And what's funny is patrol officers arrived at McDonald's, but they did not see him. It's like, it's like they didn't see it was, him. You know, it was this. This was a Keystone Cops fucking event, man. <laughs> the Keystone Cops are running this fucking event. The FBI. What's problem is is like as they said in the No Agenda show, it's like yeah, this guy this guy went off early, so it might be a little early. So it might be middle of June before we actually see another FBI sequence because this one here seemed to go off early. The guy fucking fired his fired his load too soon, you know. And uh, once he was done, he was like, "Oh wait, there's nobody here to get me. I better call them to come get me." Hey, I did what you told me to do. Come and get me. <laughs> it's like there was so much wrong with this one. This was just so fucking insane. But expect something beginning of June to the middle of June from the FBI thwarting some, some uh, event, um, terrorist type event of some sort and protecting the United States from criminals. And of course, after that, we get to lose more freedoms to protect everyone, uh, keep everyone safe. Well, that's what it all boils down to. We need to take your your freedoms so that you can be safe. Because how can you be safe if we don't take more freedoms from you? You know, we must take we must take your freedoms to be safe. Because there's no way to be safe without taking your freedoms. I mean, after all, look at all the freedoms that were given up in. 
2001 and 9-11. Look at all the freedoms that were given up in, uh, I can't remember the events in between the 2001 and others. I'm looking at the most recent freedoms. Look at all the freedoms that were given up in the last two years that they're not giving back easily. Some of them are being won back in the courts, but others are still there. So it's like- That's what Sean and I were talking about on the bus when the guy ended up uh, shutting down and turning away. Oh, well. We were talking about how my kids never experienced the three years of freedom I had before 2001. Mm -hmm. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, where, where you actually snuck yourself across the Canadian border as a, as a teenager. I was 12. Yes. Okay, preteen. <laughs> preteen. Yeah, you, ma uh, you, you managed to drag yourself across the Canadian Canadian US border as a uh, as a teenager, as a preteen. Yep. And it And it worked. I was probably the last kid to do that. Probably. Probably were the last kid to do that. Yeah, and you did it semi-legitimately because I got a phone call from him and said, is this your kid? All right, come and get her. <laughs> yeah, so it was very entertaining. All right, well, that's it. We're going to call that a wrap. Thank you, all seven people who showed up tonight. Hallelujah. And God, most of them hung around for most of the show. I'm really impressed. Hang on, we still got a TikTok. Oh, do we got TikToks? Just one. Oh, just one. Oh, thank God. I thought we were going to have to suffer through a whole bunch. <laughs> All right. TikToks. We, we, we do like to close out with the TikToks. The grandchildren like to provide me with TikToks. <laughs> and uh, because I can't handle those damn things. I really can't. Me either. Yeah. But here's what we got. Twitter versus Elon Musk to close out the show. Let's bring it up and see what we got. <laughs> I'm surprised she only sent me one this week. Usually she sends me like 20 and I have to sift through them. <laughs> she must have been doing real work this week or something or she just wasn't on TikTok. Oh, it's getting towards the end of the school year. She's pushing through it so she can just stop doing schoolwork. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame her. Twitter. Hey, listen, I just bought 9% of your company. You're going to have to start listening to what I have to say. Oh, Elon, you're going to need at least 15% if you want to boss us around. Oh, why didn't you just say so? I'll just buy more. You know what? Actually, why don't you just save your money and come join our board of directors? That way you can see how we're running the business and we'll even consider your suggestions. Okay, yeah, that works for me. And a small thing, being part of the board of directors, you can never hold more than 14.9% of our outstanding shares. Oh, so that means I can never tell you what to do. Nah, I don't want to join the board. Oh, on second thought, Twitter, I don't actually want to buy 15% of your company. Oh, thank God. For a minute there, we thought you were going. Instead, I'll buy all of it, dude. Oh. I'll pay cash, $43 billion. Take it or leave it. Twitter. Hey, listen, I just want to <laughs> your I like that one. That one was good. Yep. <laughs> that, pretty much, that pretty much answered it in a nutshell. All right, that wraps the show up and ties it all together nicely at the end. All right. Thanks, everyone, for showing up. This has been a good show. It's been a good show, and it's really nice to see so many people showed up to listen to us, and uh, we greatly appreciate it. We didn't get any, we didn't get any uh, stuff in the uh, chat, but maybe next time, folks, say hi in the chat. There you go. There's me. <laughs> all right, folks, I greatly appreciate it all. A little bit of music to carry us on out of here, and we'll call it a show. These are the days of thunder We're gonna make 
time stands still. A quarter after midnight, and I'm watching the wall. Sometimes I feel so uptight, I just can't sleep at all. Every day doing the same old thing, we're losing time. The weekend comes, we gotta have some fun and rewind. folks that's all we got for you now take care bye-bye take care adios mofo